Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Dry your eyes, mate. It's the Cultaholic.com month in review for March. Thank you to the delightful Fraser Porter for looking after this particular podcast and these retrobates while I was gone. Who are these retrobates? Well, here to talk about the movers and the shakers, the big stories, the weird stories of the month that was March. To my right, uh, everyone's favourite octogenarian. It is Aidan Gibbons from Cultaholic.com, the Cultaholic.com tribe lender in chief. Aidan Gibbons, hello. Lovely to see you too, Tom. And to my left, and indeed to everyone's left, uh, known for the classic Raw review, it is the egg devourer known as the rambunctious Jack. Jackie Orlando from Cultaholic.com. Jackie Orlando, hello. Hello. What about your Jack Atkins on the website? Oh, yeah, yeah. He has many names. <laughs> <laughs> just in case, just in, in case HMRC ever catch up with him. <laughs> just keep changing your name. My, so, so, Clive Fuck, how are you? I actually, I had to phone Sky the other day to cancel it, cancel it, and they were like, oh, can we have the name on the account? And they gave my actual real name, and they went, oh, that's not the name. And I went, oh, well, it's, it's, it's Jack Atkins then. They went, yeah, that'll do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've left such a trail of breadcrumbs that it's got blown in the wind <laughs> and I don't know where I am anymore. So. Can we confirm that Aidan Gibbons, that is your one and only name? Well, my, my, my full name is Aidan John Alexander Gibbons. Ooh, that's news. Yeah, like a, mem- like a member of the aristocracy, basically. Ooh, get you, posh boy, Arist- aristocracy Alexander. Yeah. I call you Alexander for a bit today. Do not call me Alexander. I'll never, I, will <laughs> ne- I will never call you Alexander. <laughs> We're here to talk about the big stories of March uh, and some some big things to talk about. And we're going to kick off straight in uh, with the the, the the sale of WWE. This is a story that has rolled on uh, since January. Where are we at with all of this now? Particularly with the appearance of a certain mustachioed man behind the scenes this month. Yes, so we'll get to Vince McMahon, the aforementioned mustachioed man who is now <laughs> 77 years old. But basically, of course... Vince Is he not allowed a moustache at 77? I, I just, no, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but of course, Vince returned as executive chairman in January 2023. Basically, as of, well, this month, um, the word from CNBC was that um, WWE will meet with potential buyers in April in preparation for first round bids. So it looks like a sale might be going through sometime this year. Uh, Vince McMahon's valued the company at $9 billion, so a fair whack of change there. Um, basically all the stuff that has come out, apparently the sale process is said to be going quite well. And the situation is, in quotes, hot and heavy. So so, (laughs) someone's very sweaty somewhere about the sale. This Um, was the CNBC guy, wasn't it? CNBC, I think it's David Faber, that's his name, Mm. the CNBC guy. 
Um, so he, he's getting hot and heavy about a WWE sale. Um, in terms of a sale, Brandon Furson of WrestleNomics has said that a sale potentially would have to go through by May 27th, just because so WWE can then look at potentially negotiating TV rights deals, because um, those deals with Fox and USA Network for on SmackDown, they expire in 2024. Right. Now, who are some of those big players? Jackie Orlando uh, to my left here. Uh, there's still quite a few names who are in the mix to potentially buy the company, aren't there? News to me. Is <laughs> <laughs> that not on the notes in front of you, young man? Well, you, you can't just make poor Jack throw in there. He wasn't expecting it. I, wasn't. <laughs> I thought you were reading along the notes with us. It says there, who remains in play for WWE? Well, from my own personal thoughts, <laughs> a deal with Comcast doesn't appear to be on the table. Uh, the Saudi Public Investment Fund, Netflix, haven't ruled themselves out uh, unlike Endeavor, which is the parent company of UFC, Liberty Media and a private equity firm in general have been mentioned. Um, Fraser reckons Disney, uh, but apparently Disney and ESPN are making cuts. It's it's just the same names. This has been rumbling on for most of the year and will rumble on for the rest of the year. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be straightforward. There's so many metrics in play. I'm still shocked at the nine billion valuation. I think that's a little high. It, it's said to be very high, but I think the idea is that I think the company's valuation at the minute is like six billion. And Vince is like, "I'll leave, but you've got to pay me shit loads of money." Basically, yeah. <laughs> he's like, "I'll leave. I'm really good to leave, but you've got to make it work my while." Basically, yeah. I think they said the actual value, like the actual sale price, would be more around seven to eight billion, which is still a hefty it's st- amount. It still seems high. It's still massive. You could buy. Manchester United and Liverpool for that. Yeah. Which would really? Be, yeah. Uh, what's my United called? Like six billion or something? Or was it three billion? Uh, I think I think Liverpool were somewhere between three to five billion. Man U between four to six. Yeah. I mean, you could literally Sorry. buy it. I think it's like the Washington Commanders in the NFL. They're good for six billion. So you could buy an NFL franchise. How much you could buy WWE? Yeah. Argument being is that you know you buy an NFL franchise and then you just put them in the mix with other teams. You're basically buying a touring brand here. Yeah, it's got all the infrastructure in play. You know, they own all their own equipment. It's not like they go into new towns and be like, oh, can we rent the chairs? Can we rent event staff? Can we rent this? Can we rent... Everything is all under WWE's roof. So in terms of a total package, not Lex Luger. (laughs) I I could see see why anyone would go for it. But yeah, it just strikes me as a little high. As the sale rumblings continue, at the start of the month, a handsome mustachioed mystery man turned up backstage at WWE TV, didn't they, Aiden? Yeah, so Vince Vince McMahon hadn't been backstage since July 2022, when, of course, he resigned in disgrace about a sexual misconduct and hush money scandal. Um, And then, basically, I'm I'm sat there quite comfortable going ready to go to sleep. It's like, oh, March 6th, Vince McMahon is backstage at Monday Night Raw. So initial wording was that he was only there to visit John Cena, who was making his own return to WWE at that show. Um, Then Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer reported that Vince McMahon was actually there for something more. We don't know what that something more was, but basically um, Sports Illustrated, they speculated that the idea of Vince being there was to build on almost like making a regular recurrence that he will be at WWE shows to almost ingratiate himself back into WWE, basically making part of the fabric again. Um, Sports Illustrated did note, though, that Vince McMahon was at Gorilla throughout the evening, uh, just sitting between Triple H and Bruce Pritchard as they ran the tearing of Raw. Vince probably just sat there on his phone, basically, and made sure that people were like, hey, I'm not part of creative, guys. 
But of course, on this, what has come out since is Vince McMahon's fingerprints keep turning up on Raw. Um, there was a pre-tape last week that was redone because the word wrestling was mentioned. Mm. Um, and, I mean, Chad Gable was referred to as a short, ugly man. That was another example of things that were mentioned. Mm. It, it just Vincisms. And um, Fightful Selective reported that, essentially, Triple H has been pretty good at getting the Raw scripts done days in advance, getting it all ready. And suddenly there's last-minute rewrites again, which are, of course, extremely common during the like final years of Vince in charge of WWE. Um, all of this concern effectively is affecting morale and WWE, so we'll see where that all goes. But the big story, <laughs> Vince McMahon <laughs> turns up. It turns out he's got dyed hair, which wasn't so much of a shock. I think he's been dying it for years, really. Yeah. But he's got a moustache, which was compared <laughs> to Gomez Adams, so he's got a little pencil poop tash, basically. <laughs> it's like... Unbelievable. Have you, have you ever played um, Fallout New Vegas? Yes. He yes. looks like Mr. House. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Mr. House and a bit like Ron Mayle from Sparks. That's it's, fantastic. He's he's such a strange man. For years, Vince McMahon, has not so subtly said, he fears getting old. Like when he stopped naming uh, WrestleMania, he's like, I don't want a number after it. Yeah. makes it sound old. It's like, it makes it sound prestigious, Vince. It makes it sound old. Mm. And then one day he turns up with a facelift at 17. You're like... You're looking a bit different, Vince, and now he's got this like dyed black mustache, and you're like, you're nearly eighty, mate. Just, it's it's all right, you know. Uh, Vince McMahon being backstage. Uh, uh, Jackie Orlando uh, from Coldaholic.com. Uh, do you what's the vibe that you're getting from Vince McMahon backstage? Is it genuinely a case of, in your opinion, he is there to facilitate a sale and nothing else, or is he? kind of still keeping his fingers deep in those creative pies. Personally, and this is based on nothing but my own opinion. Personally. I think he's not quite keeping his fingers in the pies, but I think he's just like, it might even be a thing of, he's like, oh, there's never been a WrestleMania, Road to WrestleMania about me. I kind of want to be around for that. He's just mm. a bit anal, isn't he? Like, yeah. He just can't give up control. It's been his baby for like, what, 40 Three years, something mad. His entire life has been in that industry. Yeah, yeah 82, 83 was when the sale went through, yeah. wasn't it? Originally from uh, senior and the conglomerate to junior. And one of the things that came out basically when he retired, retired in quotation marks in July last year, was that he's got no hobbies. His whole life is WWE. Like he's not going out painting aeroplanes or anything like that. Yeah. He's just. Wakes his whole up life is at booking. 2 a.m., eats a meat wrap, goes to the gym. Rewrites Raw, <laughs> bashes someone for not looking like uh, a statue, uh, goes to sleep at quarter to two in the morning, wakes up again at two in the morning, has another meat wrap and repeat. Go, get, occasionally goes on board the boat called The Sexy Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> what hobbies should Vince McMahon consider getting what in his hobbies? twilight years? Well, Knowing Vince the, the way that we know him, what hobbies do you think... Vince would enjoy. I think fishing would relax him greatly. Yeah? I think he'd be amazing at it too. But Vince wouldn't get a rod. He'd just dive in. <laughs> <laughs> swim down. See a trout be like, I'm getting that fucker. Grabs the trout. <laughs> drags it back to land. So it's bashing it on the side. And next thing you know, there's his tea sorted. Uh, I can't top that. I was going to say... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I could imagine him being very good at playing Risk, but... Uh... Oh! <laughs> now, now we're talking wargaming. Imagine Vince McMahon versus Henry Cavill at Warhammer 40k. Oh! That'd be a lovely day. Vince, 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 McMahon, just, 
Vincent Marge has got his space marines just cracking about, got his little paint on the go. He's like, what colour should I do them? I'll do them brown. Brown it shall be. Nobody wants blood angels. Everyone yeah. wants brown trousers. <laughs> Warhammer 40k. Don't give it a number. Yeah. Warhammer, why not? Entertainment mallet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as Vincent Mann continues to roll six for ingenuity, uh, behind the scenes, uh, other changes are uh, in, possibly in the works, quite controversial changes to many uh, regarding WWE and their relationship with the gambling circuit. What do we know about this, Aidan? Yeah, so a very strange one for us because we've been able to bet on wrestling in the UK for years. I mean, I famously won 2016 Royal Rumble. I said Triple H is winning that. That'd be £20 it did. Hey. Six to one aren't. Big spender. But, <laughs> like, but essentially in the United States... Um, so you put a quid on? Yeah. That's I don't bet no, big six, money. It was six to one, what? Oh, no, hang on. 350. Oh, apologies, yeah. 350. Yeah. I, I'm not a big spender. No, no 20 quid for me. I'm like, I'll bet what I lose. Oh, nice. Yeah. So one or two pounds, nobody big enough for deep, me. Brother, deep, brother, I, I do go for a fiver. This is, this is a tangent, but I do go for a fiver. Um, it was a time we had Derby because Newcastle went on a terrible run against Sutherland and I thought, at least I can make some money off us losing every time. Yeah, <laughs> betting against your team. Yeah, so I, I did that. But yes, so back to actual gambling in the United <laughs> States. I mean, gambling's weird in the US because it's only really allowed in certain places. Mm. But, I mean, betting in WWE seems to be allowed in Vegas and on DraftKings and that seems to be about it. But WWE have been in talks with state regulators of gambling, basically across the United States. I think Colorado were mentioned, uh, some other places. <laughs> in, Indianapolis, they were mentioned. So all that sort of stuff been going on. Um, effectively, it's gone nowhere. Like, no one's really interested in expanding the, the ability to bet on WWE. It's just going nowhere. WWE thought it was worth it because it would have allowed them to have more interest and courage of major matches. But it just sort of bonkers what WWE were willing to sacrifice in order to get this betting going on. Dave Meltzer basically said that in order for it to be effectively cut off from manipulation of the betting markets, results would have had to be locked in place months ahead of time. And this would have meant that you couldn't actually really plan out long-term storylines with the talent. The talent wouldn't be allowed to know match finishes until right before they go out the curtain, basically. Mm. So long-term storytelling would have been greatly impacted um, just for betting, so a complete sea change in WWE even had have gone through. But basically, as of the way it's looking, it's not going to go anywhere from the looks of it. Ever won any money on a WWE bet or a match? No, I'm not. I'm Jack not, Atkins, not a gambling man. No. Not a gambling man. If I go to a casino, I'll throw a couple of pound on a on a roulette. But in terms of actual like sports betting, never done it. And this whole thing, I've always found a bit weird because, like Aiden says, it's only certain markets in America but it's more widespread over here. And yeah, they would have to lock it in months in advance because otherwise they can manipulate the market, therefore rig the matches. They'd be like, oh, why why can't Otis win the Royal Rumble all of a sudden? And you know, everyone makes 50 grand each. It, it's, it just doesn't work. Whereas you can bet on it in the UK, but that's because... We can bet on anything. We don't, we yeah, don't care about us over here, really. They're just like, oh, who cares if the gambling aren't over here? It's not yeah. going to change our plans. And also, I mean, the majority of the... the, the the gambling odds in the UK aren't particularly great. Um, like I, I, I had a little look before we came here today, at sort of the odds for WrestleMania, and like mm. to bet on either Cody or Roman to win in the main event, it's not really financially worth it. You make maybe a couple of quid, yeah. No matter how much you put on, you'll only really make a couple of quid back because the odds are so uh, the, the 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 odds are so heavy either way that it's, it's pointless to do. <laughs> I mean, it's it, I've I've got friends who bet on 
UFC as well. And for years, it took the bookies years to get up on the UFC because it used to be like you'd have years ago. I don't know, Randy Couture versus uh, Chuck Liddell. And he'd be like, uh, he's two to one, he's one to two. And I was like, okay. What are you basing that on? <laughs> yeah, whereas now I think it's a, it's a bit more nuanced. There's more experts, there's more actual markets for it. But it, it like I said, for a legitimate sport like UFC, or MMA, sorry, it took them years to catch up with that. For something as unpredictable and based on a whim as professional wrestling, it's... You can't really predict the market. It's difficult to predict. One thing that is easy to predict is MJF being a dick to fans at the first opportunity. It was during uh, his banger match with Brian Danielson this month at AEW Revolution where he did something in the crowd that caused a bit of a Ferrari, didn't he, Aiden? Yeah, so <laughs> MJF, of course, facing Brian Danielson in a 60-minute Ironman match in the main event of Revolution. Basically, the match sort of starts out with just lots of counter wrestling. It's all just very lovely and foie. And then. <laughs> lovely and foie. <laughs> and, and then MGF rolls out the ring, briefly hops the barricade, and then hops back over, like just essentially clearing the air while he's frustrated. And then suddenly he spots this woman who has a glass of what looks to be water, nice clear liquid, about quarter full, grabs that glass. Chucks it over her child, who's named Titus and must have been about eight years old. And I mean, everyone's just like, okay. Um, the, the, the man basically immediately kicks off. Um, Amanda Huber, who works um, in AW Community Relations and is Brody Lee's widow, she goes over to comfort the child. Your friend Tom, Will Washington, he, William buys, R. Washington. he buys the kid an acclaimed foam finger. Um, and, and basically people in the crowd they effectively just start giving the child merch and shit like that so he had a lovely time after, <laughs> after being soaked um, he actually goes backstage after the show and effectively he meets Powerhouse Hobbs who's probably his favourite wrestler but what appeared to be water actually was tequila I don't know what the woman was drinking but there was a hell of a lot of tequila in that glass <laughs> But apparently MGF's throw got in the child's eye. So not only did MGF soak a child in alcohol, he got it in its eye and it burned. Oh, jeez. Um, effectively, after the incident, MGF, of course, wins the match through controversial circumstances. He turns up at the post-revolution media scrum. Tony Khan and MGF get asked about the situation. And Tony Khan reveals he had a serious conversation with MGF about his conduct, saying it was not befitting a champion. MGF, of course, remained in character and said he thought the kid just looked thirsty. <laughs> um, the moment didn't overshadow what was probably match of the year between Danielson and MGF but I mean it's, it's a big issue in the sense that that was one of the main talking points coming out of Revolution but it even affected WWE one of the plans for the next night's episode of Raw was for a child and a child was for a wrestler to throw another wrestler um, throw a drink over another wrestler basically cover him in whatever liquid and WWE basically went nah we're not doing that people might think it's a dig at AEW so that's fair enough mm. and then weirdly Scorpio Sky wasn't happy about this whole situation he's been gone from AEW since July he was initially injured but he's now not injured just isn't being used basically but he called fans and media celebrating the incident the smallest dick energy imaginable so what do we think what what got in Scorpio Sky's bonnet there I mean I, I hear what he's saying that it was um, a, a grim thing to do but she's a, a random attack out of nowhere to... I mean I watched Revolution Live and I thought it was really funny <laughs> <laughs> smallest dick energy imaginable I mean 
thinking it was water, not really realizing it was tequila, not realizing it went. That made it hilarious. Eyes. No, when I just thought it was water, just getting thrown at a kid's torso, just in the moment, I thought, oh fucking hell, MJF, and I laughed. I was like, oh, he's just an arsehole. Then he'd be then afterwards. I did think it got blown up proportion a little bit. Mm. I was thinking, God, these people would have a riot if they saw Terry Funk matches in the seventies, <laughs> where Terry Funk would rile up the crowd so much he'd get stabbed. But, <laughs> And like Bruiser Brody legitimately terrifying Japanese children by threatening to swing chains into the heads. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, ah, it's wrestling, it's part of the thing. Like you said, the kid getting really upset, the kid getting tequila and in their eye does change it. Mm, ever um, so slightly. I do think AEW handled it well because this could have easily been some kind of civil suit. Yeah, they just cut it off, basically, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, they, they were just like, right. Shut it down. Shut it down now. I don't know why... Shut it down. I don't know why Sky... Yeah. I mean, I'm not really sure, reasons, like... But... A weird thing is, that he's not being used, but he signed, like, a new five-year deal, like, in 2021 at some point, so he's there for years. But he was last seen at Impact, basically visiting Frankie Kazarian, so, I mean... One of the things speculated on afterwards was like, but he's in AEW, just part of like a storyline, brother, brother. And they were like, nah, there's probably something else in that situation. Mm. Could it be on his way out? We'll yeah. see. But yeah, as, as for the incident itself, like I said, in the moment, I chuckled and carried on watching it. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, poor little kid. As long as the kid's okay, fine. My thing was water, okay. Tequila, I was like, poor kid. He's, he'll, he'll just stink, won't he? Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, he, he had four seats. He's doing all right. He's doing all right, isn't he? He's doing all right. <laughs> that's that's me severely downplaying it, which I'm not meaning to do. But yeah, it, yeah, it's. I think it's indicative of the current culture of wrestling as well. MJF is trying to be a throwback heel, always in character, mm. and some aspects of it will fly, and some aspects of it just won't. Very much like, close to the edge. Yeah, like we were saying, if this was the 70s or 80s, and he threw a drink at a child. He'd just have someone in the car park trying to fight him afterwards, and that would be it. But now it, that is one of those lines it looks like you, you just can't cross. For good reasons. I'm not <laughs> advocating for it. I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the back end of the month, uh, another child got uh, assaulted by an elder, that being Dominic Mysterio, finally getting put on his ass by his dad, Ray, ahead of their match at WrestleMania. Now, when it comes to uh, the Ray Mysterio, uh, his career looks to be possibly winding down, and it nearly wound down sooner than we thought, didn't it, Aiden? Yeah, so Rimmer's Day was 48 now. Um, get, he's been around forever, hasn't he? But I can't believe he's 48. I, I just know. assumed he was much older. <laughs> yeah. He can still go, though. He can still do it. But basically, he's facing his son, Dominic, with Steve at WrestleMania 39. I mean, this is, this is quite an odd one from WWE, but they announced ahead of the match that Rimmer's Day will be going to the Hall of Fame this year, which is often basically reserved for people that have already retired. Uh, but he's going in as an active talent. But it did turn out that Ray Wad did consider retiring at WrestleMania and spoke about it to Triple H. This comes from WrestleVotes. Uh, but basically, Ray won't be retiring this year. He's going to continue because he feels reinvigorated by the programme with Dominic. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know where the programme with Dominic was going. I mean, one of the things I've speculated on is, does Ray win at 39 and lose to Dominic at 40? And... Finished off there, maybe? Yeah, because one of the things that Ray has said, literally, it's not in the notes because it came out today, but was that Ray has said he's going to retire by the time he's 50. So sometime in the next two years, Ray will be done. Just not yet. Is it Dominic Mysterio that retires Ray Mysterio, Jack? I think it has to be. Mm. Yeah. Either he re- retires him or if they do the redemption angle and say, 
if if Judgment Day is still going at WrestleMania 40, Dominic breaks off and you have Dominic and Ray versus Balor and uh, Damian Priest maybe, and then it's a, a passing of the torch. He, he goes from Prince Dominic to Ray Mysterio Jr. Jr. Oh. Takes the mask, etc. I wouldn't I wouldn't be averse to him retiring uh, his dad at Mania 39, but if Rey Mysterio thinks he can still go, then why not? You yeah. can still make money out of the guy. He's a merchandise machine. Yeah. So. I mean, that's, that was always the thing when, uh, to, to throw it back, the, the confusion in amongst people in WCW when the decision was made to unmask Rey Mysterio, oh, when God. his mask was like the number one merch seller yeah. in the company. Weird decision, that. But like, and even now, the mask's still big money. We've got four of them over there. Yeah. I mean, I've I've not been enamored by Rey Mysterio for a long time. But that's only because, like you, as a child of the 90s, I remembered the Rey Mysterio of WCW who literally changed the industry in North America. Mm. And now it's just kind of like, it's it's like watching an old horse and you're like, oh, just, you don't have to race anymore, Shep. Shep's a dog's name. (laughs) (laughs) Shep the horse. Kind Shep the horse. It's like, you can just go to the stables and just relax. Like, part of me thinks, yeah, knowing all the knee surgeries Ray Mysterio has had and when he's saying, oh, I feel like I'm in my prime. It's like, it's good that you feel that, Ray, but I, I want you to be able to walk out of the industry rather than wheel out of the industry, if you know what I mean. Jack Atkins keen for Rey Mysterio to avoid the glue factory at all costs. Definitely, yeah. Uh, in the next year or so. But uh, Ray and Don will happen at Mania 39. It won't be a retirement match, it seems, uh, but it will be on the card. Bray Wyatt won't be Aiden. Yeah, so we had won this. We'd Bray Wyatt returned to WWE in October, sort of toddled along. All that Uncle Howdy shite. Has a match of- <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can we reference the fact how sad that we went from September being like, oh my God, find the, the, ra- white, the white rabbit, yeah. the white rabbit, all of this, the QR codes, this is so great, to literally summing it up and all of us begrudgingly agreeing, all that Uncle, Uncle Howdy, Howdy shite. shite. How <laughs> you do with me old apples and pears? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just Pearly don't King. get it. It, just, like, it looks like you belong to... Bioshock Infinite, but not even like a good version of Bioshock Infinite, like the Switch version or something. It's just crap. Fallout, Bioshock. Oh, like, like if I you're was... a PC gamer, this is the podcast for you. <laughs> the theme Hospital. Oh, I tell you what. I tell you who has bloaty head, Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> but like, I was sort of on board with it at first. I was like, ho, 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 I'm Uncle Howdy. You're like, all right, we'll see where this goes. And then Royal Rumble happens. Excited for the match of LA night. I mean, the Mountain Dew thing was like, okay, we'll see where it goes. I was looking forward to Bray's first match on TV in 18 months, two years, whatever the hell it was. And then it's just crap. It was four (laughs) minutes of crap. I was sat there watching it. It was awful. They've got glow-in-the-jock penises and all this sort of (laughs) shit. All the dog kendo sticks. Like, it was rubbish. And then out of nowhere... Bray Wyatt puts on a mask afterwards, makes him supernatural. Like, why didn't you put it on before it started, man? Why didn't it be over in 30 seconds? And then Uncle Howdy, this is, he's just been going cackling for a month, just leaps off a bloody stage. <laughs> and Elbow drops and misses him. It's rubbish. I don't get it. And then they just be like, oh, 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 I'm fine again. Like, crap. You, Rubbish. You, you got an opinion, Aiden. Come out and say it. It was so crap, Brock said, I'm a fuck wrestling, isn't it, WrestleMania? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was some of the speculation, was it, that Brock Lesnar and Bray Wyatt could be a thing at WrestleMania, and apparently Brock went, oh, <laughs> fuck no. 
<laughs> Good luck, Bobby. <laughs> so, so that, that's basically the whole story, essentially. I wonder whether Brock and Bobby were backstage as the rising like was happening. Rock, paper, and, scissors. And then... <laughs> Or Shit. better yet, they just went, Brock went, I'm fighting him. And Bob was like, oh, who's fighting then? And Brock just goes. Take one for the team, brother, brother. <laughs> Bobby's just there, just like, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but you're buying dinner. It's like, fine, you have to wrap Lomos. And Brock went, fuck. <laughs> 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 I mean, I'm hoping it gets better, but it's been, it's been utter shite. It's not been the good, the best of times. Uh, but we were going to get a Bobby and Bray at Mania. But what's, what's the story here, Morning Glory? Yeah, so, I mean, Monday morning, March 13th, what we suddenly find out is... Basically, Bray, he's only had the one TV match, but he's been working the house shows. He, he was meant to face LA Knight in a lights out match at basically the Money in the Bank, Money in the Bank, Madison Square Garden house show on the Sunday before the Monday. Um, as, as all Sundays <laughs> are. But <laughs> effectively, an issue starts where you've got Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer for basically going, Bray was advertised but wasn't there and he was faced with Braun Strowman. We don't quite know what's going on. We've then got Ryan Frederick of the Wrestling Observer who says, hey, Bray walked out over creative issues. For the looks of it, that's bollocks. But Because um, we've since had the Wrestling Observer and Fightful Select. Fightful Select this report that Bray missed the show because he's dealing with a physical issue. And Dave Meltzer later added that White is suffering from an illness undisclosed. He was meant to be back for WrestleMania. That was the hope. But, I mean, we're literally days away and nothing's advertised. And Bobby's actually in the the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale on SmackDown. Mm. And it looks like he'll probably be facing LA Knight at Mania, who doesn't have a match at the yeah. minute. <laughs> I mean, great for LA Knight. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves LA Knight. But yeah, Bray was going to be at Mania, not at Mania, because he's ill. Um, Aiden said his piece on the Bray Wyatt storyline. Jack Atkins, I'd like to hear like where you sit as a, as a consumer and journalist on the Bray Wyatt story from September to now. Um, I can't say as a consumer because I'm not currently watching that much WWE. Right. Only because only so many hours in the day, I mainly for the sake of AEW, Ring of Honor and Impact. Everyone loves Impact. Watch Impact, kids. It's decent. Mm-hmm. Um, Why? He'd be great on Impact. Why would dolls. be great on Impact. I'm sure we said that yeah. like back in 2021 when he got released. They can't we afford were... him, but he'd be great. No. But it's it's been one of those that I've been watching with one eye because like you said, the White Rabbit stuff was genuinely intriguing and was really well done. And I've always had a soft spot for Bray Wyatt. I was like, okay, let's let's see how that is. And then the pitch black match, I just saw it afterwards and just saw bits of it. I saw the pitches first and went, well, that looks terrible. And then I watched the match and I was like, ooh, that's a... Uh, hmm. And Aiden, literally out of the blue yesterday, he just, just turned to me and said, remember when Uncle Howdy missed an elbow drop at the Royal Rumble and we laughed about it for about three minutes. <laughs> Like you said, it's gone from being intrigued to just saying Uncle Hardy and everyone going, yeah. I think he's, he's almost got to prove himself again because the weird thing was with Bray when he left, the whole thing was basically called, he's probably been restricted by Vince because Bray Wyatt and Vince McMahon did not have a good relationship, especially by the end. It was like, has he basically been restricting Wyatt's creative ideas? But it feels like basically now, Triple H, of course, for Bray to come back, basically went, the floor is yours. Do what you want. And Bray Wyatt's done what he wants so far from the looks of it. And it's been bum. This is going to sound really insulting, but it's not meant to be. It almost gives me kind of uh, Vince Russo vibes. The mm. way that Vince Russo in the Attitude Era in WWF, when he has to go through a filter like Vince McMahon, he's got good ideas. Yeah. When you just say, here you go, Vince Russo, you've got carte blanche. It's a bit bollocks. 
Mm. And I kind of feel it's that with Bray Wyatt. If you've got someone, like another good mind there or someone to filter his ideas to make it more palatable, it can work. But if you are just saying to him, do what you want, he's like, all right, is is Uncle Aldi pretends to be Bob Hoskins. It's like, <laughs> no, no, that, no. It's 18 friends. They might pop up, they might not. Remember, well, Alexa Bliss is in it. She's probably not. Yeah, remember when Elbows uh, all the Firefly Funhouse lot were just in the crowd one day. He's like, oh, there's a giant terrifying pig monster. And then never saw it. And never referenced it again. The Fiend turned up as part of that and never referenced again. And yeah. we had a Firefly Funhouse segment, never referenced again. But I think he might be, was that when he was going through the, the, the I think a big thing that <clears throat> really did some damage early on to Bray is they started this feud with LA Knight and it was in this this unusual period where they didn't have a pay-per-view for a month. Yeah. Like, they've got a very weird in-between phase between, like, November and the Royal Rumble, basically. That's it. So there was nothing for all those months. So they could have done with having uh, uh, Armageddon Day, day one, one, yeah. whatever, TLC, something there. So Bray and LA Knight could have polished off that feud. But instead, you genuinely felt like they were, like, pouring, like, like, like a half a litre of water yes. across, like, a tray of ice cubes, like, just to try and spread it out as thin as they possibly can to get it to the finish line, uh, which meant these three-minute segments that were very non, very much non-sequiturs that didn't really yeah. achieve anything, and then, the, and then the match itself confused even more because none of the non-sequiturs were really referenced. To, uh, to give a, a sly plug to our other podcast, Endeavour, the Classic Raw Review. Absolutely. We're in 1996, and we've been watching, it's the first few months of Mankind. Mm. So what they did with Mankind at first, they did a few vignettes, and they'd turn up, he'd squash someone, then he'd turn up and he'd attack the Undertaker out of nowhere, then you wouldn't see him for a bit, and they'd turn up again, and it was unpredictable. With Bray Wyatt, he came back, and he kept delivering these heartfelt promos. And we were just kind of like, it was so much, just a bit more. It needed to be a bit, considering the unpredictability of the character, it felt very controlled. It's like, he's going to come out for a rambling promo and then someone's going to turn up in the crowd and tip the hat and that'll be it I wanted to see him more just kind of turn up and punch someone out of nowhere and mm. then it's like oh we, you don't know what's, what's next from him but it's and it didn't feel like there was any connection with anything no I, d I just don't get the point like why mm. is Uncle Howdy's there is <clears throat> is some sort of controlling him or something he just goes ha 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 and then does an elbow drop <laughs> What the fuck's that coming from? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I know you attacked Bray the week before, where like, he, he chokes him out and all that, but I'm like, why has he done that? And then he's turned up since and gone, ha, 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 again. I'm just like, right, so you're either laughing stupidly or hitting elbow drops. <laughs> There's no middle ground. Like, it's either that or that. I mean, what next? Is he going to put on a mad classic? <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you solve a problem like Maria? How, how do you solve the Bray Wyatt problem? I think Bray Wyatt is very much like Robinson's barley water, right? <laughs> Aiden's done. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? It's like Robinson's barley water. Yeah. Hear me out. I'm sorry, I couldn't help cackling there. I was like, what the fuck? Right. Then go on. When you make a Robinson's barley water, what do you do? You, you dilute it. Okay. What would happen if you drank barley water neat out of, the, out of the bottle? You'd have a horrible wee. You'd have a horrible wee and you'd feel a bit sick. Yeah. And Bray Wyatt is the Robinson's barley water in this situation. They need somebody in there to dilute and diffuse. Yeah. They need somebody. Not, and unfortunately, you had Vincent Mann there who was against the process in the beginning. So therefore, he was the wrong... That was like Robinson's barley water diffused with salt water. <laughs> 
Like it's no, it di- of course it dilutes it, but it's not nice. He, he needs, See, he basically needs a Vince McMahon to his Vince Russo. Filtered, he, he, filtered tap water. He, he needs his guy, like the way they always said was a Brian Gewertz with the Rock drawing yes. the Rock's pomp. He, he, he needs need someone guy. who he trusts, basically, to say, right, that's good, but let's make it a bit more. Well, apparently, he had him, didn't he? That there was this—I don't remember the bloke's name—but there was a writer who was heavily involved with Bray Wyatt, and he's left. He ah. left this month. He wasn't there that long, was he? He joined no. in September, and he was gone again. Yeah. I don't. I can't remember his name because I didn't write it down stupidly. But he, probably he because gone. of what happened with the storyline. I mean, there's. I mean, great first chapter. Again, like WCW, as we've mentioned, a whole great first chapter. Yeah. And then the rest of the book is just scribble. <laughs> like yeah. that's the issue. If we see Bray Wyatt again, I'd like to see him diluted with somebody who has their feet on the ground, isn't so like blinded by the the gimmick. You almost need somebody who isn't as connected. Yeah. To to Bray Wyatt's vision just so they can go, okay, well, let's let's use that and bring that here. And someone that Bray Wyatt is happy to filter through because I'm sure if the right person said, Bray, maybe let's not have Uncle Howdy do an elbow drop. Yeah. He might have listened. Yeah. I think. He, he needs to take a page because for so long people have pegged Bray as potentially the next Undertaker. Even Undertaker pegged him as the next Undertaker. Well, for many years, a lot of the Undertaker's backstory was just hinted at. It wasn't so... Overt. It was like, what's in the end? Why has Paul Bearer got this hold over him? You didn't really find out for the best part of seven years. And like Undertaker would turn up, he'd do the sit, he'd maybe choke slam someone. It, less is more, I think, as well. Yeah. It's it's a hard line. It's a hard line, isn't it? Uh, either way, uh, no Bray Wyatt for WrestleMania. But looking beyond WrestleMania, uh, there's, according to numerous reports, some big plans afoot for some younger talent, isn't there, Aidan? Yeah, so, I mean, there's stuff all over for this bit, but essentially, we have quite a lot already penciled in for after WrestleMania 39. Uh, one of the things that we that basically has been talked about is Solo Sokoa, of course, part of the bloodline right now. Um, he's going to have a push after WrestleMania 39, and apparently he's being saved for an eventual clash with Roman Reigns. Nice. Um, uh, speaking of other younger talent... LA Knight is also set for a push. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I love LA Knight. He's great, isn't he? But, um, yeah. 36-year-old <laughs> Mustafa Ali. He's also going to have a bigger spotlight placed on him after WrestleMania, apparently. Good. Um, I mean, what, what? there's a popular tag team that hasn't been together for a few years, but um, Tommaso Chapman, Johnny Gargano could be reforming DIY or hashtag DIY okay. after WrestleMania. Champ was out injured at the minute, but he's coming back at some point. Uh, and the youngest talent of the world, Trish Stratus, she could be set for a heel turn. <laughs> that um, I mean, could be happening at <clears throat> WrestleMania, so by the time you listen to this, it could have already happened, but she's apparently pegged for a feud with Becky Lynch. Mm. Uh, what else was there? Ah, yes. So WWE's already thinking about money in the bank. Um, names touted as possible winners are Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Rodriguez. So this will be money in the bank in London. This in year. London. Already sold out because they should have run a bigger stadium. <laughs> I think maybe that was the point. That's why yeah. they put SmackDown on the night before. I'm yeah. assuming SmackDown sold out as well. It, well, they did it as like combo tickets, so you could only buy tickets for SmackDown and money in the bank. Ah, clever Trevors. See what they did there. See what they did. <laughs> clever Trevors. Clever Trevors. <laughs> Uh, anything from that list there? <clears throat> I think I know the answer, Jack Atkins, <clears throat> that you're particularly excited about. Oh, out of, <clears throat> out of what we've mentioned. Yes. I do like LA Knight. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, for possible money in the bank winners, Raquel Rodriguez for me. 
Mm-hmm. I think... Ramsey's a bit boring, isn't she? Jesus. I liked her in NXT, though. Um, the, the the last gasp of the black and gold era, they pushed yeah. well, Raquel Gonzalez as she was then, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, they pushed her quite hard. I, I think she's she's likeable. She's good in the ring. Um, she holds a win over Rhea Ripley. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Mustafa Ali, like we said. It seems every year we're saying this, though. Bigger spotlight for Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali, sorry. Yeah, like, it, it seems to be release. Bigger spotlight. I want a release. Bigger spotlight. It's like, just put him on TV. He's great. He's got a he's great look. He's fantastic in the ring. Seems like a decent fella. Um, just give him a camera and let him go backstage and he'll do his own creative. He's got a good voice as well. You don't expect that voice to come out of him. But um, I'm a big fan of DIY as well. I'm not a massive fan of Johnny Gargano on his own, but put him with Champa. I feel like he's been very lost in the shuffle. Yeah. I, I mean, this is one of the debates right now is... Triple H's signings. I think it was someone pointed out only three of them were actually on the WrestleMania card, the ones that he's brought back since becoming chief content officer. I mean, Gargano's he's just there, isn't he? Like he's not exciting. He's just sort of chucked in to lose to people. I mean, he lost clean to Dominic Mysterio this week or last week. Yeah. Mm, that was a weird decision. Yeah. I didn't understand that. I think as a as DIY, have those two in the tag division. Well, if if as expected, um, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens win the titles. Oh! Them versus DIY in a tag team feud. Make the tag titles mean oh something again. Oh my God, you could headline a pay-per-view with that. Yeah. It's like, it's like a PWG wet dream, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. And if Otis and Gable stick together, Alpha, throw Alpha Academy in the mix as well. Oh. And there's, there's the, I'm a big proponent and a big fan of tag team wrestling and there's enough in WWE to have a really solid division. Just hope that Triple H really likes tag wrestling as well. Uh, but, he, uh he does. I think he. I think Triple H could easily guide a new tag division. Yeah. With some of those players there, you know. Well, but just we, look at NXT. I mean, he had DIY. He had the revival. He had Authors of Pain. What was what they called? What a what a, tri- what a triple threat tag match that was with those six. Yeah. American Alpha. Yeah, them American well. Alpha. Oh, American Alpha. Oh, yeah. 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 Board of Villains. Yeah. Board of Villains are great in NXT. But, I like but even like Enzo and Cass, I mean, they're a bit. Uh, well, Cass is good. Enzo's bum, but. Them and NXT were amazing Over, like, as a Rover. Time to, Yeah, like, very easy, easily likable team. But there is a uh, one thing on this list that we haven't even touched yet. Is there, Aiden? There is. There certainly is. So oh. the the biggest apparently post WrestleMania 39 plans are the undisputed WWE Universal Title will reportedly be split by SummerSlam. Um, apparently Triple H has never liked the Universal Title Belt, and he did consider bringing it back. I mean, one of my personal favorites, and I think everyone sees, is the Big Gold Belt. Yeah. Um, from WCW and WWE, that was a w- wonderful, wonderful title. Um, but apparently it won't be coming back because of WWE's current aesthetic is basically have the big WWE logo in there and, hey, mixed up with different colors, that sort of thing. Uh, but a new title belt has apparently already been made. It's just waiting for it to be brought in, basically. We, yeah, we heard this last week and it kind of adds some more steam to, uh, to, to the talk that it's going to be Cody that dethrones Roman this weekend coming at WrestleMania. Mm. Uh, if the fact there's a new belt ready and Cody in his first promo back last year said he's back to win the belt that his dad didn't quite get, which was the WWF championship. And mm. he flashed up that photo of, of Dusty with the, with the winged eagle yeah. very briefly. Because apparently there was a... Well, now, forgive, forgive me, it, it fell out of my head here. There was a match which featured... I guess a, a him finish where <laughs> it looked like he had the belt. <laughs> 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 
took where, me a second then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where like he won the belt, but then he didn't because obviously there's this photo of him with the title, but yeah. he's not listed in the record books as a former WWF champion. I think it said he has a match with superstar Billy Graham, who was WWF champion at the time. And I'm sure he's holding the winged eagle though. I, I think there know. was one as the as the polka dot dream, but yeah, he he these the when. WWWF in the 70s quietly rejoined the NWA. They did used to have NWA champions versus WWF champions and vice versa. So I think he definitely, yeah, like Aiden said, went for it back then. But like you said, Tom, I'm sure there is an image of him with the the proper title of the 90s. And it leads many to believe that this is sort of Cody's modus operandi that last time he won uh, a title for the first time in the WWE it was the Intercontinental title yeah and he ditched that the old egg belt from the early noughties yeah and swapped it out for the classic IC title complete with white strap does he do the same Jackie Orlando oh, I'd, I'd like with it with the WWF title because when he did it with the IC title it was during one of my lapses from wrestling but one of my mates was just like they brought back the classic title and I watched it and went that's fantastic. Mm. I went really into that. Me being a, a purist, I'd like it if they split the titles and instead of just having the winged eagle, having two belts represented, the winged eagle and Big Goldie, because it'd be like, this one was my dad's and this Ooh. one's mine. Only because I like the idea of like the classic triple crown being like, Who's the, who's the world champion? It's the fellow with three belts. Ah, okay. <laughs> Old three belt Cody. Over yeah. There. What's the top prize here? Like with Roman with both titles at the moment, it mm. looks more final boss. But if you've got those representing the two major lineages and put them together, I think that would be cool. Like you said, though, the current aesthetic of WWE, get the logo front and center, it makes all the sense in the world from a marketing point of view. Yeah. Can't see him doing it. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, may have, he, the Kansas City quarterback, may have ruined it for us, essentially, because they won the Super Bowl this year. And every photo of about a week was just him with the WWE title. Mm. It's like, that's exactly what WWE wants. It's just free promo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that's and and I don't blame them. It's a great idea. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, if if we had a bunch of cultaholic championships, I'd be sending them out to people. What's wrestlers to carry to the ring? Big cultaholic logo in the middle. Yeah, yeah. the one I spitballed with you in the office yesterday, Tom, saying that I'd like it in, like back in the day. Obviously, Austin had his own title. Cena had his own title. Edge had his own version of a title. Ultimate Warrior had different coloured straps for his titles. I'd like it if for Cody's title on the inside of the strap if it was just polka dot that's a lovely idea yeah I'd like something like that little homage yeah you just need to wrestling could be more subtle at times I know it's not subtle <laughs> like there you see the inside of the strap it's polka dot it yeah so it's whether we find some way of with this new belt design and I know we're sort of waxing lyrical on belts that we haven't seen yet whether we sort of marry the ideas of the winged eagle or big goldie but with the WWE logo, it could look like a hot mess. After yeah. all, a, a camel is a horse designed by committee. So we could easily have this horrible looking winged eagle belt with a big logo blasted in the middle of it. I mean, what is an eagle if it doesn't have wings? It's yeah. just a torso with a beak, isn't it? There is something, there is, someone explain this to me, why it's called the winged eagle. And it's more to do with the wings on the Being belt. Up like that? Is there other ones where like the wings are down or something? No, or? no, it's to, it's to do with the wings, like the, the actual wings on the belt design. Right. The belt has like a winged... Oh, it's finished. Like a winged yeah. design. Yeah. The, yeah. 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 Okay. 
So I think that I think that's where it comes from. Right. But also, some people said because they couldn't call it the spread eagle. So there is that <laughs> oh, as well. Jesus Christ. Either way, a lovely, lovely belt. A lovely, lovely belt. <laughs> uh, the only other thing better than having a championship is maybe a crown. Uh, and uh, this moves us nicely into big plans for May regarding at least two crowns, Aidan Gibbons. Yes, I mean, the coronation's in May. May 8th, King Charles. So King Charles to win King of the Ring? King, oh, yeah. Oh, I I guess. That. With those <laughs> fingers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> it just comes in and starts... <laughs> it, it, it absolutely yeets Camilla. <laughs> lights, lights go out, lights come back up, Queen Liz standing in the ring. You <laughs> <laughs> pop! Or Big Boo's Andrew. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right, but actual wrestling stuff. So King, so King of the Rings been gone as a pay per view since two thousand two. I mean, it briefly returned in WWE Network special in twenty fifteen. Barrett won it. They then. had they had a tournament the other year. It was a bit with the greatest of respect in the world to King Woods. It was a bit half hearted and half witted. Yeah, because mm. they had it at Crown Jewel, didn't they? Twenty twenty one Saudi Arabia. Mm. Um, WWE's basically going back to Saudi Arabia for King and Queen of the Ring, which will take place on May twenty seventh. Um, it will be the second pay per view after WrestleMania because Backlash is on May sixth in Puerto Rico. Mm. Um, so this is the weird thing because you had King of the Ring in 2021 and you had the Queen's Crown Tournament I was, I was thinking why didn't they call her Queen of the Ring at the time and the only thing I could find back in 2021 was there's a battle rap league called Queen of the Ring uh, but it also might have something to do with China that we will not discuss on this podcast right fair enough um, but, but either yeah. way, they could have got around it. Yes, they could have got around it, which but, but they've just done it now, haven't they? They've just gone, Queen of the Ring, here we go, kids. Yeah. Um, let's have a little round table um, on first the King of the Ring and then the Queen of the Ring. Who would benefit from becoming wrestling royalty? Jack Atkins. I don't know about an actual name, but the last time I really liked King of the Ring was when Brock Lesnar won it because it was, okay, you've won King of the Ring. You get the title shot at SummerSlam. That... That. That's what it add importance to it. You have yeah. a whole tournament for a title match, basically. Yeah, it, make it the, the summer version of the Royal Rumble. Um, I prefer it, even though traditionally they say that the King of the Ring pay-per-views didn't work as one-night tournaments. I like it being an endurance thing. Even if you have to win the semis and the final on the actual card, have two matches at least. But I, I'd like to see, say if they did it and they were just like, okay, winner gets the title shot at, at SummerSlam. And the only people who are allowed to enter can't have been WWE or Universal Champions. Mm. So even if they fall short at SummerSlam, you've potentially made a new main eventer. Yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of names, like you're saying before, if, if there's a push for Solo Sokoa, Solo Sokoa could be a good shout. Um, LA Knight's probably... Yeah. yeah. Probably not. But yeah, Solo Sokoa could be a good shout for the King, for the Queen... Don't know. I could see, I could see Shotzi using it as another gimmick, coming out in like some kind of weird royal tank with a cape <laughs> and, a, and a crown on the helmet and everything. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, oh, I'd love that. Yeah, Aiden, I don't know. Oh. I mean, I mean, moving on. <laughs> like, it's so King, like King of the Ring could be like who do you want to elevate? You, I'd say Gunter, but he doesn't fit being a king, does he? King Gunter. Rubbish name. I think he does. I, I think, it, but I don't think he needs it. No, I don't think he needs no. it. I, who, who do you want to push in twenty twenty three? Jay Uso. Good show. Ooh, very Ooh. good show. Yeah. I think Jay. I think especially if there is a world title opportunity at SummerSlam in there, and Roman goes away, 
Yeah. You could do, but then you could tell the same story with Solo as you could with Jay. Yeah. Where it's like these two from the bloodline, like stepping up, establishing their dominance and going, I'm going to take the belt back while Roman's away. Yeah. And then when Roman comes back, he just batters them. How dare you? How dare you step out of line? Do we think they should do the king and queen gimmick? No. Because the most successful King of the Ring of all time, <clears throat> arguably, is Steve Austin. And he didn't even once touch a scepter. No. He stood by a throne, disrespected Jake Roberts, and then became the biggest star ever. I, I, think, I, it's, it's, I think it's been detrimental to King of the Ring over the years, really, because you had, you had like King Barrett, King Seamus. Mm. Like, the other one that really sort of worked recently was Bugatti, where he went full-on, won the World Heavyweight title and did the full-on King's Court stuff really in 2006. It's like King Booker, all that King, sort of stuff. King Booker and King, uh, Macho King. Even mm, though that wasn't yeah. from winning a King of the Ring tournament, that was from winning the title, which had been, had been passed along like a title, wasn't it? Yes. Did it go from... Uh, he beat... Duggan. Duggan? Did, oh! Uh, did Duggan... Duggan, Duggan beat Harley Race. Harley Race. <clears throat> Harley Race and Junkyard Dog swapped it a bit, didn't well, they? Haku was in there somewhere. And Haku. Ooh. Harley Race... Was injured, so Haku took it, and then Haku dropped it to Duggan, who dropped it to Macho. Awesome. Every <laughs> king of the ring. Right? So, I was going to say, t- talking about what you were saying before about Shotty with the gimmicks, when you had Jim Duggan with the hoe, with the tough guy, he's got the two by four, <laughs> the American flag, and a crown. And Not enough like, gimmicks, bro. Oh! At that time, he was in demolition. He was wearing a hockey mask as well. I was like, yeah, give him everything. <laughs> Just pile all the gimmicks on top of Duggan, yeah, you if, cowards. If you've got someone with a strong personality or someone who's a good enough comedy wrestler, it can work, but there's more instances of it failing mm. rather than succeeding. I think the title shot, I think that's the direction to go. SummerSlam main event. The, the, everything... Or even Money in the Bank, because I mean, SummerSlam's quite a way off from May. Well, yeah, I, I always think that everything should link up because it, it just seems to be that the pay-per-view before the Royal Rumble, they start talking about Royal Rumble, and then Rumble, and then whatever's in the middle, and Mania is a through line, and then mm. the rest is just kind of spotty. Like, I'd like a scenario where, say, if Survivor Series, if that was, there is a winner, they get the number 30 spot in the Royal Rumble, which then the Rumble leads to Mania, and then you reset a Mania, and then mm. you've got King of the Ring, which leads to SummerSlam. And then maybe you have an elimination chamber match, and whoever does that, you know, takes on the winner of Money in the Bank. You, you can you can tie things in, yeah, nicer. Yeah, I think that yeah, that's true. I, I like the idea of doing something with Survivor Series with with Rumble implications. I even do it if you're brave enough to go right. Two teams, the winning team enters the Rumble, the losing team doesn't. Ooh, yeah. So you've got to work together, otherwise you're out of the Rumble. Yeah. Um, but to go back to quickly, my, Sorry, my yeah. queen of the so my king of the ring would be Jey Uso. My queen of the ring, I'll go Roxanne Perez. Yes, that's a really nice Roxanne Perez. Is fantastic. Yeah. she's brilliant. Yeah. I think she could have some fun with that gimmick and like going through a whole night tournament. Yeah, like surviving some much bigger competition. She could even have the crown for a bit. That'd be quite fun. Yeah, and then and someone can smash it, and then she can find an edge and she can win the title. Yeah, there you go. Save the day for everybody. I'm saying Cora Jade. Just the same lines, but different woman. Yeah. Good show, yeah. actually. Cora Jade. Neil Cora Jade. Yeah. I, I prefer it was a baby face, but yeah, you could do either one, really. I mean, she's injured at the minute, so we don't know when she's going to be back. But my thing is, well, I think Perez will probably win the ladder match just to keep it NXT for a little while and move people like Cora up to the main roster after Mania. Do you reckon? Because yeah. there's, there's no rush on Roxanne Perez. She's nah. only like, what, 20, 21, something yeah. daft. I mean, Cora Jade's only like 22, 23. Yeah. But, Right, so the couple thing, she's going out with Bron Breger, isn't she? So I didn't, I forgot about is this. Is she? Yeah. 
good ah. on Breaker. So it looks. I mean, I think Breaker's on his way to the main roster. So the we've been of, saying that for years, haven't we? Yeah, but the idea of keeping a couple together, moving them both to the main roster, Bram Breaker could win King of the Ring. That's a really good shout. Yeah. Then Bram Bram Breaker, yeah, smashing through competition to win King of the Ring. That's a good way to do it. That's very yeah. I hadn't even contemplated Bram Breaker. I might even lean towards Bram Breaker. Yeah. yeah, two new stars are born. Or Von Wagner. It's it's such an easy vehicle to make a star. <laughs> Von Wagner. You've got to sneak that in there. <laughs> sort of slip that in, see they wouldn't notice. <laughs> yeah, you can make a star easily um, with with that tournament, and we'll see whether a star is born. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Behind the wires, Aidan Gibbons uh, lovingly crafts the notes that we bring to this podcast, and we thank him for him. He is the coldholic.com editor in chief. Uh, I'd like you to read verbatim what you wrote for the <laughs> top line of this next segment, please, Aidan. Right, so, and quote, I wrote, You like wrestling? I like wrestling. Shira! <laughs> and then just be as happy as the kazoo kid. Just like, <laughs> You've got to run this by us. Because, I mean, I, I was going to, I was, I didn't actually look on Amazon thinking, can we buy free kazoos in time to play kazoos on the podcast? Oh, may I have brought mine in? Uh, but of course the, you've got one. Of course I've got a kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> but the issue was, it was going to come, I mean, we were recording this on a Wednesday, it was going to come on Thursday. Oh. So, no kazoos. But the kazoo kid, I mean, he went viral a few years ago. But it's from this TV show in the 90s where he's like, I've got friends. They just goes, fun, 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 fun. Fun, 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 fun. And they're just him playing the kazoo for five minutes. It's bollocks, but it's, great. And stuff. the little kid looks like Reed Flair back in like WCW Nitro oh, days wow. when he's taking on like Arn Anderson. No, sorry, he's with Arn Anderson taking on Eric Bischoff. Oh, wow. So imagine. 90s Reed Flair with a kazoo, and that's shouting about Alan Shearer, apparently. <laughs> but, but I was basically saying, I was like saying, I think your bollocks, Tom, is starting to rub off on me. Cause why would You're I welcome. Bring, why would I bring free kazoos in to play on the podcast? But yeah. Because my bollocks are rubbing off on you. Yeah. Can you imagine Call me HR. trying to look happy playing a kazoo? <laughs> Do you feel like. <laughs> that was next month. Yeah. <laughs> I could have bought a penny whistle, but alas. Oh, Paddy Whistle, that's, that's a different kettle of fish altogether. Yeah. <laughs> like Sacho Mel. 
So anyway, AEW. Yes, AEW. Yeah. For, right. So I like wrestling. You like wrestling. We all like wrestling. More, Cheer up! Yeah. More wrestling looks to be on the way. I mean, basically out of nowhere, really, Andrew Zarian of the Matt Men podcast reported in early March that Tony Card and Warner Brothers Discovery, of course, they're the ones who basically own TNT and TBS, they're in talks about fine, they're finalising a deal for a third AEW TV show, um, which will possibly be called AEW Collision. Um, it then comes out from Melsa, basically, like that the show is going to be on Saturday nights, likely in the old WCW Saturday night time slot of 6.05 Eastern, I do humbly believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and effectively, this deal is close enough to a done deal that AEW have moved a rampage taping in Saskatchewan. I think I said that correctly. You did. Excellent. So they're moving that from Friday, July the 14th to Saturday, July the 8th. Um, at the minute, that's advertised as an AEW live TV taping. No, basically, shows being put on. But basically, between now and on that day, on the 8th of July, that show is coming. We're going to have a third AEW TV show. We don't really watch one of them already. <laughs> we don't really watch three of them already. <laughs> well, well, well I, I, I do enjoy Dynamite. I, obviously, part of the job, I've got to watch I've got to watch everything where we just zoom through it all. Um, watch it on like double speed and all that sort of stuff but but Rampage is like we were talking about this yesterday in the office but we watched the first two and then paid attention to it for like six eight months but I don't think I've actually like actively gone out of my way to watch one for fun since you had Hangman and Adam Cole in a Texas death match like April 2022 like I mean the main event is just like hey it's actually Andretti against Sammy Guevara I'm like that's great if you've got the time but I've got to watch all sorts of rubbish <laughs> like, I haven't got time to watch that and, and that in itself is an issue with Rampage is that what kind of started out as what could possibly be uh, an, an accompanying feature mm. for Dynamite it kind of just became like the overspill of Dynamite yeah. It's become like the saucer under the cup of tea that catches <laughs> the, when you when you fill the water too high. Like it just it just and there's and sometimes you will get like you'll you'll get Adam Cole versus Adam Page in a Texas death match, but then you'll get Axel Andretti versus Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Like it's 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 so wildly inconsistent. I personally think that's the issue with Rampage. I yes. don't know whether you have any similar thoughts on it, Jack. Oh, definitely. Like I said earlier in this podcast, I kind of like, when I joined the news team, I was like, well, I'm enjoying AEW at the moment. I'll handle that. And I watch, I, I do the coverage of the pay-per-views and everything. And yeah, I think I've only properly really watched two episodes of Rampage all the way through. And it was the CM Punk episode and Omega versus Christian. The rest of it, there are dribs and drabs of good things, but it's, Obviously, it's armchair booker. We don't know better than an actual wrestling booker. But you look at some things on Dynamite, and you're just like, just put that Moxley match on Rampage and give people a reason to zoom in and give Andretti and Guevara a bit of time on Dynamite that they to get people invested. It just it's just not much watch TV, is it? Like, yeah, you can easily skip it. It's just completely skippable. And but I'm, I'm hoping the new show isn't skippable because it'll. I mean, it's perfect time slot for them Saturday night. WCW did really well there. So did, I think, Georgia Championship Wrestling, all that sort of stuff. Is is Saturday yeah. a, a good night in the American market? Because I know that they say that Friday night is usually death, yeah, despite, despite SmackDown doing all right. I think especially with Rampage, because their audience, they're basically all out getting pissed, basically, at Friday <laughs> night at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Um, Saturday night, I mean, I'm thinking about Saturday night TV over here, and nobody does quite well. 
Um, I mean, you've got what do we have on British TV on a Saturday night anymore? I don't know. Oh, I don't watch it. Yeah, like it's all house party still on. Yeah, like, but it, it might even still struggle with that demographic actually thinking about it. But it might bring in new viewers because people will have the TV on at that time. Maybe might not be exposed to AW on a Wednesday night or a Friday night. So we'll see. So it might potentially tap into a slightly different market. Yeah. So it means that AW schedule then is is does dark I'm I'm counting all the YouTube stuff as well. So does dark drop on a Monday? So you've got dark elevation Monday, you've got dark on okay. Tuesday. Dark elevation Monday, dark Tuesday, dynamite Wednesday. Nothing Thursday. Rampage nope. Friday. We've got Ring, Ring of, of Honor Thursday, Thursday oh, technically. Oh, oh that's, yeah. yeah, I wasn't going to count it, but I will count it. Ring of Honor Thursday. Rampage Friday. Collision Saturday. Then pay-per-views on a Sunday. Chilled on Sunday. On, chilled on Saturdays. <laughs> I mean, the, the, my big issue always with AEW is you've got a lot of you've got a lot of people in there. That is less of an issue now that Ring of Honor has its own home. Yes. And you can see in the last couple of weeks uh, a marked difference in the fact that it's certainly a much less frantic pace of booking. You're not throwing a hundred different people at the yeah. same shows at the same time. So that's great. But I just I hope that they can learn from Rampage and some of the you know stuff they did well and some of the stuff they've not done well with Rampage to make Collision, which I believe it is called. It looks like it hasn't been confirmed, but it looks like it's going to be AW Collision because yeah. they filed a trademark for it. It's. I wonder if it is just going to be a straight wrestling show then, and if they keep three straight wrestling shows or if they turn one into more of like you said like a WCW Saturday night or more like a kind of studio wrestling show or yeah. like the old WWF shows in the 90s we'd have Bobby Heenan at a desk saying oh, and there's mm. some other arsehole cutting a promo because AEW doesn't really have like a sort of like talk show they had Britt Baker had one for a little bit on like dark and stuff yeah but like it's not like WWE where you've got um, like the Miz TV and you've got I think Logan Paul had one you've got the Kevin Owens show that sort of stuff yeah. you haven't really got that in AEW I mean they could we did. They could bring back the highlight reel if they wanted to, I suppose. Or you could put somebody. You, you could put, You could have MGFs. Um, I don't know. Burberry Paradise or something like that. <laughs> nice. I've never been massive fans of them. Like no? talk show no, segments. No, not really. Just because of every time I watch them, I'm just like they're just hoping for another Piper's Pit. And yes. I think as great and as monumental as Piper's Pit was, I think the importance of it has been a bit over exaggerated by the WWF machine mm. over the years. If you know what I mean, you know, like I think because Piper's Pit captured some iconic moments, yeah, i.e., Andre and Hogan's showdown ahead of Mania Three, like the friendship ripped apart, yeah, and ripping the cross off and stuff. Uh, obviously, the coconut incident with Piper and Snooker. Uh, you had the fire extinguisher incident with that actor that time. I uh, what was his name? Fellow, that was a Mania as well, wasn't it? Yeah, they did a Piper's Pit live at Mania. Morton um, uh, Downey Jr. Morton Downey? Morton Down, yeah, Morton Downey Jr. I think that's it, Morton Downey. Morton. Morton. Yeah. Um, Morton, here's a who. Um, yeah, and so there has, so yeah, so they're, they're trying to recapture that magic, but it's, and they normally sort of, they're there to further storylines and yeah. stuff when they're done. And when they're done well, they're very good, but there's a lot of. Yeah, like Undertaker's guff. funeral parlor, and obviously yeah. the barbershop, which everyone. Barbershop. People either remember. You know, obviously, Sean super kicking Marty through the window, or they remember Sid hitting a can of shaving foam with a, a chair and ended up with foam all over his head. <laughs> <laughs> or they remember when um, uh, Rick Martel blinded Jake Roberts. Was that in the barbershop? Was it? I believe I that think was it in is, the barbershop. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, sorry, no, no. I'm talking out my bottom. It was the Brother Love Show that happened on. Yeah, it was the Brother Love Show. 
Yeah. Why the hell did Brother Love have a Wait. show? Yeah. Oh, I hate Brother Love. <laughs> I love you. Oh, as a kid, fast forward. Um, but yeah, it, it, like we were saying, the the details of this potential third AEW show are still very much in the air. But there's an opportunity to do something different from what they do. But again, it's all about bringing viewers in. And if this becomes a straight wrestling show or whatever the show ends up being, will this affect what Rampage is? Mm. Obviously, the it looks like they've got a very good relationship with um, TNT, TBS, etc. Because they've got the backstage show airing on Wednesday the... 28th, 9th? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, AW seem, All Access. Starts. All Access. Um, they seem happy with what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if it's the, them just say, saying, just trying stuff out and seeing what sticks before a rights renewal. And then say if they signed a big deal, they'd be like, right, Wednesday works, Saturday works, get rid of Friday and make Saturday two hours. I, I mean, this, or, this is sort of the big part of the situation. I mean, when AEW started, we're all sort of thinking, will this fail? Um, but it looks like they're at least going to make it through however many years because the deal at the minute, like it expires at the end of this year, I believe. But Warner Brothers Discovery, who basically controlled TNT and OT and TBS, they have an option where they can extend it until the end of 2024. So that will keep AEW alive until then. And I can't really see a network cancelling AEW that is literally actively adding more programming from the promotion to their networks. Because historically, wrestling's relatively cheap to produce as well. Like yeah. we were saying before about WWE own all their own equipment. Basically, a, a broadcaster is just licensing that show yeah. and broadcasting it and sorting the advertising spots. It's not like they have to say like a, a network sitcom. So therefore, the network will have to either have their own studios and their own equipment and probably their own crew. And they'll be like, right, that script sounds good. Here's us producing it. With mm. wrestling, they're just like, oh, you've made that for us. Sound, we'll put it on at eight o'clock. Yeah, that's what it needs to be. But here's the th- interesting, I don't know whether this was something that I missed while I was away, but obviously with the, with the relaunch of Ring of Honor, and there was a long delay because the sticking point was getting a TV deal and people were going, no one wants TV for Ring of Honor, nobody wants more wrestling. The moment that Ring of Honor gets underway, Warner Brothers go, so do you want a third AEW show? Yeah. That seems a bit strange. Could you not? Because that would have been, a Saturday night for Ring of Honor would have been amazing. It, it just networks seem weird though, because remember when WWF bought WCW? And yes. even though it was under Vince McMahon's control and WWF was the hottest thing in the world because WCW had failed, they were just like, we don't want WCW Nitro. We don't care if Vince McMahon's doing it. We'll have SmackDown, well, but we won't have Nitro. Interestingly, that we talked about this on the classic SmackDown review when one of the, the, the other, that's, whilst there's some truth to that, one of the other sticking points was with another deal where they said, we're launching WCW Saturday night. Would you want it? And they went, yeah, of course, you're going to have the WCW stars, aren't you? And they went, well, we'll be using some of our WF talent. I said, well, no, we want... We want Sean Stasiak. We want Sting, Sean Stasiak. <laughs> we want Sting, we want Goldberg, we want, we want the names of WCW. If we're going to give you a WCW's time slot, we want the WCW names. And they went... We don't have them. Yeah. And, they, and, that, and it fell through because of that. But then with that one, different case, because they had a, big, a strong number of ROH names yeah. on the books. But I just found it interesting how... They, they they went back and forth trying to get a TV deal for Ring of Honor. Couldn't seem to get one. But the moment Ring of Honor starts on Honor Club, they go, oh, we've got a third AEW Dynamite show. Yeah. Did you know? Okay. It is what I, it is. I, I, they, they were I'm, saying part of it might be sort of AEW's proven itself as like a draw on the channel and Ring of Honor was 
I mean, it was a weird time slot in Sinclair, wasn't it? It was sort of syndicated across the country, but it's never, it's got, it's never got anywhere near the sort of numbers that AEW brought in. That's it's an untested commodity. Yeah, I'm, I'm filing this one under wait and see because mm. I think the implications of this show will be massive for AEW, especially for the Cultaholic Wrestling Podcast. They're never getting finished, are they? Oh, jeez, oh, it'll go on and on and on and on and on and uh, on. Speaking of AEW, all right, lads. Let's talk about CM Punk. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, I've saved the big one for the main event. I'm going to do my best to get through it, but, I mean, it's literally a page and a half of oh. notes here on, on Calamity Phil, as I've dubbed him. Calamity Phil. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just to recap, Punk has been gone from AWTV since September of 2022. Basically, for one reason, after he had a punch-up with the Elite alongside A Steel after his infamous post all out media scrum in which he called out hangman page cole cabana and the aw executive vice presidents punk also tore his triceps in that match um effectively after the incident it came out that everyone involved was suspended the elite of course came back at full gear a steel was sacked he was booted off and we don't know if punk's still suspended but the triceps at the very least, is keeping off AWTV because it's several months recovery time, basically. Um, since then, I mean, in, in the office, we've sort of, I mean, because of what CM Punk sort of means to us, I don't know what it means to you, Tom, particularly, but to me, basically about wrestling, CM Punk effectively was the person who brought me back into wrestling with his pipe bomb promo. All that got me right back into it. Deep down in my heart of hearts, I'm sitting there going, I'd really love CM Punk to come back and have a happy ending. Um, things are sort of trending in that direction. What we found out from Fightful Select essentially is that Tony Card and A um, AW, Tony Card and CM Punk, they had a couple of meetings. One of them was scheduled for mid February, but was postponed because of Jerry Jarrett's sad passing and his funeral. Punk, people close to Punk, are basically saying that he was open to returning to AW, and some even said that he wanted to return to AW. So when he recovers from that torn triceps, he might have been able to come back in. Um, we don't know. Ultimately, it would have been down to Tony Khan if he was going to do that. Punk even apparently expressed regret about the media scrum and may have been willing to apologise, although Fightful Select did know that context was said to be absent from that claim. Um, effectively, this all sort of ticks along. And then suddenly, last Thursday, 23rd of March, Dave Meltzer puts on, on basically an innocuous post, essentially, on the Figure 4 Weekly Online message board about CM Punk's AW World Title Unification match of John Moxley. That was, it took place on basically on the 24th of August. Punk at the time was coming back from a broken foot. But Meltzer, essentially, without context, without the full story, basically put on going, Punk agreed to work that match and then backed out and sent AW a legal letter. Meltzer has since expressed his regret about the post because of basically what it does lead to. Um, for personal context, I'm sat there in bed reading a book, <laughs> getting get ready to go to sleep. I think I'll have a look at my phone just to make sure because I, you, you've learned from this job that you've got to just make sure that no bollocks has happened just before you go to sleep. <laughs> Take one look at the phone. I'm like, oh, no, here we go again. <laughs> 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 Twitter was alive, I believe Owen Mawson, the esteemed video editor cultaholic, had captured a screen grab of this. But yeah. CM Punk has basically posted on his Instagram stories and hastily deleted a long post in which he calls out Dave Meltzer, uh, Chris Jericho, All Elite Wrestling, and John Moxley, 
over the aforementioned August 24th unification match. Phil the Old Prospector calls Jericho a liar and a stooge. <laughs> Phil the Old Prospector! <laughs> yeah. Is, is, is Larry's his horse. Yeah. Larry, he's Philip's horse. <laughs> <laughs> but Phil, the old prospect, he calls Meltzer a liar. He calls Jericho a liar and a stooge. And he also claims that John Moxley refused to lose to him. Uh, Punk does go into detail basically about sort of the backstage stuff going around in that match. Um, Moxley basically pitched the idea of Rocky Free. Um, in Rocky Free, Rocky gets beat by Clubber Lang. Apollo Creed then rises him up and he beats up Clubber Lang to end the movie. Happy, hooray, Rocky's World Heavyweight Champion again. CM Punk, weirdly, has never seen a Rocky movie. Thought the idea was crap. But he said if Tony Khan wanted it, he was going to do it. But he did note that he wasn't cleared to compete in the match. Um, AW countered and Moxie countered, basically going, it could be a three-minute squash that Basically, is what ended up happening because Moxley effectively batters CM Punk for three minutes, puts him away after a few um, Death Riders. John Moxley's way AEW World Heavyweight Champion. This, of course, then leads to All Out Punk wins the belt, then goes on his bit, bit rant and all that. Um, but effectively, what we're left with is Punk has explained all this. What we find out from Five Hustle is there was a lot of issues. I mean, as we find out, there's loads of issues behind the scenes at that time. Punk wasn't comfortable wrestling since he hadn't been cleared uh, before the, the planned unification match. But ultimately, it seems like he did work it because he ends up getting paid a little, little bit extra, gets a little tickle. Um, and he had special travel arrangements. So, I mean, he got there in style. He was styling and profiling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> effectively where the special this... travel arrangers turn up in an ice cream truck <laughs> <laughs> turn up on a lawnmower this was a, it's we always a... assume it's a limo it might not be it uh, might not be turn a up limo. on a tractor it's it, a horse it's a it horse was, he rode Larry he Larry, rode Larry to the arena uh, but effectively yesterday yes Tuesday the whatever date it was yesterday <laughs> John Moxie addresses the matter on his wife Renee Paquette's podcast The Sessions um, he basically said actually He's the one that was bending over backwards for AEW because he wasn't even under contract at the time. Moxley, of course, had been to rehab. He signed with AEW in 2019. He then he basically explains that he didn't want to sign a new deal just in case him being sober, he couldn't continue wrestling. So he was working without a contract. Um, he basically said, if I had I really wanted to, I could have turned up in WWE with the AW World I, That was the bit that made people go, whoa, yeah. where he said, I was I, you know, I was around WWE for SummerSlam weekend. I was a free agent. I could have just rocked up. Yeah. Oh, what a parallel universe that is. Well, I mean, it's, it's important to know that Moxie was glowing about AW. He goes, I, yeah. I love it there. I love the wrestling. And you're just really happy. But he basically went, this is rubbish that I've got to even chat about this. Uh, but I was the one bending over backwards for Tony Khan. I was bending over backwards for CM Punk to put that guy over while I'm not even under contract. Um, where this leaves us after another CM Punk rant. While it looked prospective that he was going to come back to AEW, people within the promotion have now lost confidence about his return. Uh, what we've also heard from Wade Keller of PW Torch that several top stars in AEW, in AEW do not want CM Punk back. And I mean, at this point, it looks all but dead. It, it's almost as dead as Antonio Conte was with Tottenham Hotspur last week. <laughs> he just looks like he's he's gone. <laughs> CM Punk, where will he end? Meltzer listened to this going, right. Oh, my rubber fell off my big pen. Off your big pen. The big pen. Yeah, he, he, just, he just looks like he's done, doesn't he? Like, it, it looks like the, the CM Punk story will not have the happy ending that Aidan Gibbons really wanted to see. Um, 
lot to digest in the last week or so, Jack Atkins. <laughs> do we do you feel like this is the, the, the end of the line for CM Punk? I don't know. I don't know. Important analysis there from Jack. And- <laughs> <laughs> only, <laughs> only because wrestlers are going to wrestle, aren't they? Not in terms of like physically wrestlers. In. Mm. If they can try and kayfabe it a bit, they will. I mean, look at Eddie Kingston and everything he's done. We don't know what's storyline, what's reality. Mm. Um, there's money on the table with Punk whenever he comes back against whoever you want. But at the same time, like someone pointed out, if he does indeed have beef with Jericho, Moxley, Hangman, and potentially Omega, that's the four first four world champions of the company. Mm. And then in WWE, I think what Roman Reigns and AJ Styles and I think Seth Rollins have said, don't want to work with him. Mm. He couldn't really go to New Japan because New Japan's relationship with AEW might affect that he can't go back to ring of honor if he wanted to go back to ring of honor because that's the same company company yeah uh it's i can't speak for the man never met the man never interacted with the man (laughs) but from as an observer it's it's just a mess isn't it it's It's a real mess mess. and it's such a shame i think that uh uh that we may never see a lot of great dream matches for cm punk in amongst all of this and punk omega Never got it. Yeah. It was like Punk Danielson again. It was just like, I think it was the clip of, it's just this sort of vignette and it's um, Taylor Swift singing, I, like, I'm the problem, it's me. And it's just like, look what you've taken from us, CM Punk. You've got Danielson, you've got Omega, you've got Joe. Joe, you can do that oh, again. Yeah. There was just, it was just all, it was all right there. Adam Cole, CM Punk, MGF again. And he's just, he's just ruined it, hasn't he? <laughs> I've seen some, as a fellow miserable straight edge arsehole who can be difficult, I've seen some stupid fucking takes on Twitter. You've been quietly raging and vocally raging. Yeah, about people saying, huh, Punk just needs to smoke a bit of weed and chill out. Fuck off, that's disrespectful as shit. Don't say that. Because even if he wasn't straight edge, he might still be a grumpy arsehole that doesn't change anything mm. just because that's his gimmick and that's his lifestyle that doesn't mean that because he doesn't smoke or drink or do any recreational drugs that he'd be mellow let's shut up about that stuff because we've seen John Moxley John Moxley's a sober man at the moment and I was listening to his sessions podcast this morning and he was like ah, I don't really want to talk about that how good's Marina Shafir yeah. like it, yeah but Punk does seem to just be an impulsive man with the stuff he says with, you like, know... He just couldn't help himself, could he? It, it's, it's like when you've got a mate who's had a bad breakup and he's been arguing with his ex and he's just like, oh, he's like, I'm going to text her. And you're just like, don't text her. Yeah. I'm going to text her. He texts her and goes, ah, oh, shit, I can't understand that. And we're just like, just, just let, let cooler yeah. heads prevail. It's, it's yeah. the saddest thing. Like, I mean, the, the whole saying is that time heal all wounds. And it looks like it almost was about to heal all the wounds and then he's just gone, fuck it. I'm going to blow it all up again. It's like, oh. My wound is nearly healed via yeah. time. Time to scratch it again. Like, like Aiden was saying before, I'm in ring. I'm a huge Sam Punk fan. And even some of the stuff with the, the fighting and the brawl out, while I don't necessarily agree with his conduct, again, some of it made me laugh because it's nice that, like we were talking about on the Raw podcast, disruption yeah. is interesting. Like a disruption. But the, obviously you've got the people in the established camps on Twitter and the people who are saying, oh, God, I hate, 
the young bucks going, you know, to Meltzer and like blab and blah, 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 blah. It's like, but that's how wrestlers do it. So they don't air the dirty laundry fully in public. But but not even that. You sort of had Meltzer and Alvarez go, young bucks have never contacted me about this or just a conspiracy in Well, you say air. that, but you, you never reveal your sources, do you? That but is true. Say if CM Punk did have someone in the rest of the media where he could just say to him, look, off the record, you haven't heard this directly from me, wink, but everyone's pissed me off. <laughs> that would also be almost be more accepted because but, well, we're used to that. But we, we got that anyway as well, didn't we? Because I mean, one of the, like, with all the backstage issues that came out was, I remember back in August, like the week before he has the unification match, um, Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful reports that Punk, is so annoyed he might not be coming to Dynamite this week. We're like, okay, what the hell's going on there? He's, if, he still yeah. does have friends in AEW, though. He's very close to Brody King. He's close with Dan Housen. Very close to the most the happiest man on earth, Dax Harwood. Dax Harwood, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's not like he doesn't have allies there. Uh, and maybe not people with stroke, but people who are seem to be respected enough and get on well with the rest of the locker room. So, And again, with wrestling, never say never. I never thought we'd see Ultimate Warrior again in WWE ring. I never thought we'd see Jeff Jarrett in WWE again. So, ain't he great? Yeah, ain't he great? But it's that whole idea that this is all some big work always makes me chuckle. Everything's like, a work on Twitter, a, isn't it? Jeez. Yeah, like, I like... So when Bruno Sammartino came back for the Hall of Fame, told you it was a work... They weren't there and falling out. Yeah. They've been friends all the time. They've been fine for 30 years. Yeah, it was I, all a ruse. I quite like that, though, because it does show, even though Twitter's a, a cesspit and wrestling fans can be unbearable, it, it is the, the, the kind of optimism of it. It's like, it, it could still be a story. Mm. It's like, I'd like to think it would be. I did have a message from somebody, and, and, and it, as you say, it's the, it's the never-ending optimism. I'm not saying it to throw shade or, or as a dig. It's just, it's that whole thing that there is a, a sect of people that still genuinely believe that this isn't the case. So I had a message from somebody who said, maybe CM Punk meant to send that to like a mate and then realized he hadn't and then deleted it after. And then, uh, and then the following up, the post, the post follow up that said, I'm too old for this shit, which was him complaining about Instagram. And I was like, I really love the optimism and there. the truth yeah I, I am 100% confident that's not what the situation is so but I admire the take I t- I tell you what yeah. though tell you what's the biggest thing from this who hasn't seen Rocky I said, there oh. is that well, I, I was chatting to this right um, one of my friends hasn't seen Rocky like my friend Reese he like, my friend Phil I, I, I think none of the Rockies are like but they're, they're classics. Like, Classic uh, movies. I, I saw someone online trying to defend this thing. Rocky came out before he, he, he was born. That, like, Rocky came out before I was born. I no, saw no, it no, the this, this is the Louis Dango <laughs> argument that nothing exists. I'm glad you that you born. mentioned him because that's what this is. Like, if something came out before I was born, I can't possibly have consumed it. When, Shut up. <laughs> when I was a little kid, I loved Rocky IV. Who didn't love Rocky mm. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, it's been now, isn't it? But even if he hadn't seen Rocky, to like, to say you're not aware of it, it's like either he does have just that kind of media black spot. Because I remember him on the famous Art of Wrestling podcast with Colt Cabana saying that he'd never seen Jurassic Park until watching it when he like around that time. Either he does just have a media black spot, or he's trying to be like a cool thirteen year old, being like, oh. Nah, never even heard of it. No. And everyone's like, Mate, it's Rocky. Everyone you, loves Rocky. Even if you've not seen Rocky. You know what Rocky is. Yeah. yeah, you know you know the general concept of Rocky, Especially even if you haven't seen it. A kid who grew up in the 80s. Ah, come on. I, I like the idea that CM Punk maybe hasn't even watched the A-team. He just thinks Mr. T's famous because that WrestleMania won, man. 
He's like, what a pro, why, whatever no, happened he's not seen that, remember, because he wasn't born there. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. WrestleMania 2, he's like, why, why is Mr. T boxing? Why are they starting at two? I don't understand. Not even that, Mr. T is the man. He thinks Mr. T is the book I did the BBC free. You, um, you've been framed, cop out show. That's why he's famous. What? Oh, I don't know Talking this. Talking about a media black spot. <laughs> so like 2009 and 2011 on BBC Three, um, they basically aired a Mr. T show that was like, you've got, you've, you've got framed, you've been framed. <laughs> you've but, got um, framed. <laughs> you've got <laughs> mail. Here I am, work, walking into the house to hide the evidence. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Here I am putting the blood-soaked knife on the floor. But like, I, I don't know what it's called. Dressed, but... as, a, dressed as, a, as a TV repairman. But oh no, I think it was called. I think it was called Mr. T's. Uh, Mr. T's fools or something uh, like that. Something to do pitying yeah. or fools. Yeah, it? and it was like the same old kids where you've got like a person gets their ice cream stolen by a seagull. One man's on a dirt bike and gets his nad shot into a tree. All that sort of stuff. <laughs> and the stuff that you've got, you like, you've been filmed with Harry Hill, but with. Mr. T on BBC Three. Amazing! Wow. He's the, the new Lisa Riley. I don't know why CM Punk was. <laughs> I don't know why CM Punk was watching that. <laughs> I'm now imagining a version of uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic Twins, but starring Jeremy Beadle and Mr. T. <laughs> I, I've got it. I've got it. it. It ran for two seasons. It was Mr. T's World's Craziest Fools. Oh, that rings a bell, actually. That does ring a bell. World's Craziest Fools. I, I do it. prefer Mr. T's. You got framed. <laughs> Yeah, Here I am, hiding the body in the kitchen. He'll be home in a minute. I've already called the police. <laughs> it's him as dog, the bounty hunter. Just go around getting ready yeah, to he's shoot just laying, people. He's a, but he's just setting people up for crimes they didn't commit, <laughs> which is in keeping with his character. <laughs> See, I was just, I was just picturing the. Uh, I got framed for a crime I didn't commit. Now it's payback. <laughs> I pictured what, the rom-com what? classic "You've Got Mail," but starring Mr. Simpson. I was thinking as well, he's got a deal for those solicitor films where it's no win, no fee. So he just he goes like, you've been free? Well, go and contact win solicitors. <laughs> no win, no tea. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> I'm now just thinking of Mr. T also in You've Got Mail. I've been chatting to this guy. Oh, really? Who is it? His name's pittythefool at gmail.com. I wonder who he is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Could be anybody. Tell you what, does he love his mother? <laughs> you talking about not getting on a plane? I love Mr. T. Oh, anyway, <laughs> you do love Mr. Right. T. Um, <laughs> we're going to get into the weirdly big articles of the month. Uh, these are stories that uh, did particularly interesting numbers on coldholic.com. Do you want to give a very quick mention to uh, a, a big story from Impact that we didn't touch on, that I want to very quickly oh, yeah, touch yeah, yeah. on uh, as we head into like a, a, big, a big period for Impact Wrestling. Basically, the whole place is on fire. Uh, Impact Knockouts champion Mickey James uh, suffering an injury and consequently unable to defend her title last weekend at Sacrifice. Yes. Um, there is a chance that by rebellion she could be good to go. If she's not, there'll be a multi-woman match to determine a new Knockouts champion. Uh, that was the story going into Sacrifice. Hours before Sacrifice, Impact Wrestling announced that Josh Alexander has suffered a torn triceps and is forced to vacate the title. He is out indefinitely and a new Impact World Champion will be crowned between Steve Macklin and Kushida at Rebellion. Yes. Uh, Leah Rush will replace Josh Alexander in his match against Kushida uh, at the Multiverse, Multiverse match which happened the other day. Uh, and, and Jack, as our resident Impact guy, that's a tough break for Impact. It's, it's a tough break for Impact. I feel bad for Josh Alexander because he's been fantastic He's been the great. Champion. He's been a great flag bearer. Do you know who I feel worst for? Steve Macklin. Yeah, they've been they've built Steve Macklin well, and one of the my only gripes with Josh Alexander's title run is there's been 
very few credible challenges for him. Like he took on Bully Ray at Hard to Kill in January in the mm. opening match. And it was all set for Macklin. And obviously, whatever your thoughts on Macklin, if he defeats Josh Alexander's record-setting reign, that makes him. He's made. But now, I still believe he will defeat Kushida. But it, it takes the shine off it a little. At least when Alexander does eventually come back, they've got that ready-made storyline where he's like, I never lost this title. Let's have a, a, a championship deciders clash. But yeah. just feel bad for everyone, the, everyone involved. The glory with that is, and I'm just going to double-check this, Impact Rebellion. 16th. 16th of April. He's already got it ingrained because it's Amazing. all going to be dead in April. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, because we're recording this before Mania weekend. Yeah, so I, this is going out. This is going out basically just before Mania weekend. Yeah, because I'm doing I'm doing Supercard of Honor Live on Friday night. I'm doing WrestleMania night one in the office, and then a couple of weeks respite, and then I'm doing Impact Rebellion Live as well. So there's there's quite a few. I mean, it's the busiest time of year for all of us, but we're all doing multiple shifts, but. But the, it's, but the, it's all the different moving gears of different promotions. Oh, we're it's, all going to be basically dead in April. Yeah. But um, but the joy is with Impact, although I know what you're saying, like this momentum has certainly carried us to Macklin versus Josh Alexander. They've at least got like three or four weeks to tell some story. Yeah. Yeah. To 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 Build put a little it, yeah. bit of bit of emphasis on that match rather than it just being a random exhibition for a title. You can kind of have Macklin do something with Kushida that sort of amps it up a bit and, and makes Kushida make his defeat over Kushida make him beating Kushida seem even bigger. Again, I think the the important thing, again, assuming and presuming that Macklin wins mm. is post title win. They need to give him some good feuds. They need to give him some good people to go against, like put Sammy Callahan back into the equation, mm. maybe build Moose back up because Moose was involved with the um, Joe Hendry at the uh, Digital Media Championship scene for a while and was with Brian Myers and Callahan's been with the design. And it just seems like... It, some of the people who were at the top have kind of slipped down a bit. So, yeah, they're a bit lacking in ready-made main event stars at the little bit impact of feel. Yeah, so Macklin needs the rub. Whether I mean, I don't know, put him in with Kazarian for a bit. Yeah, or... I mean, you've got Speedball there as well, but Speedball could potentially be like the guy that beats Macklin more than. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think because they've got a lot of good heels that you've got like ASOS and Chris Bay. And sort of baby face side of it, you've got Alex Shelley, you've got Frankie Kazarian, you've got... Saban as well. Yeah. Saban. Yeah, they just need a little bit of an oomph, an oomph, and mm. maybe like a baby face. Well, I suppose you could elevate somebody like Joe Hendry. I mean, I mean, Rich Swan and there. Macklin had a feud recently. Whether or not you, you roll that back I, uh, just for a, a month or so just to establish Macklin. Because did Macklin... He beat him, I think it was a false count anywhere match at uh, Hard to Kill. Because yeah. they were fighting in like the streets in the snow. And I remember watching it thinking, ooh, that looks cold. Because <laughs> um, everything that Impact are doing, they're doing well. Like like you mentioned, Ace Austin and Chris Bay. Like I'm a big Chris Bay fan. I think he's very underrated. But they're currently... They're the tag Everyone champions. Everyone's sort of somewhere else, aren't they, really? Yeah, you've, you've got, you know, Speedball, you've got Jonathan Gresham's in there as well. Uh, the women's division, like we said, Mickey James, her, we don't know if she'll be ready in time for Rebellion, but mm -hmm. you've got Jordan Grace in there, Masha Slamovich, who I think is fantastic. You've got Killer Kelly. They've always had a very strong women's division, yeah. but it just seems that the men's main event is... Josh Alexander and, like you were saying, the built-up Steve Macklin aside, is just a bit wanting at the moment. Mm. They've got everything there. They've got all the resources. They've got a renewed 
uh, deal and a restructuring of the corporate side recently. They've got everything there to bounce back from this, but it's just, like I say, when it rains, it pours. I don't even think they haven't even got the talent. It's just that they're, they're just doing different things, basically. Like, you just need to sort of maybe have Henry drop the digital media title to, I don't know, John Schuyler. He can have it. Um, and then build Henry. Swinger. Johnny Swinger, yes. <laughs> Johnny Swinger's the guy, and then just sort of like build build Henry after we make a main well, event caliber guy. guy. Well, yeah. well, it was it was Scott Demore who said a while ago that he's Joe he sees Joe Hendry as like a main event. Mm. Well, because the gimmick main event star gotten over huge. Yeah, everyone loves star. the gimmick, but everyone always forgets as well that like Hendry's a beast. Yeah, <laughs> and he's a fair play to him because you look at Joe Hendry from like the Defiant days and look at the Joe Hendry now. Like he during lockdown, he just worked hard on his physique and his and he's and he's done that on his own yeah. he's made that himself because because i felt bad for him after the tony khan took over ring of honor because he was obviously he joined ring of honor at a bad time mm. and i was like oh henry i hope he doesn't you know just get lost in the indies again but he's more than landed on his feet in impact more than landed on his feet which is good to see um, yeah, there's there's the unpredictability at Impact Wrestling has caused some issues this month. But uh, the one thing that's quite unpredictable every month is the articles that are going to catch fire <laughs> at cultaholic.com. So this is where Aidan Gibbons talks us through some of the weirdly big articles of the month of March 2023. What's people been clicking on, Aidan? Yeah, so disclaimer this month, we haven't got as much bollocks as usual, purely on the basis that um, there's, there's just been so much news in the build to WrestleMania and all the punk stuff. And basically, I mean... <laughs> the idea for this podcast is we'll do the top five biggest stories of the month. We've done nine this month. We're yeah, ten. Yeah, there's a lot. There's yeah. just a lot going on. But we've still got some bollocks in there just, just to keep we're tickling along and basically keep all the readers happy, basically. Um, one of the weird stories was this one just came completely out of nowhere. But Serpentico and the AEW guys in Chaos, not Chaos Project, Spanish Announce Project now, um, he's, he's basically works behind the scenes as well. But outside of his Serpentico gimmick, he works as John Cruz, also on Dark Elevation shows. But in Ring of Honor as well, he brought back Bendejo, which I believe is a Spanish word for something. I'm not quite pe sure. Pe Pendejo. Yeah. So it's, a, it's like a, I think it means like a bit of a son of a bitch. Fair enough. So, <laughs> so son of a bitch wrestled. Um, he, he lost to Eddie Kingston. On that same show, Bendejo wrestled with. Um, Serpentico also wrestled on the same show as Bendejo. So on the same show, you had the same guy under two different gimmicks. <laughs> Doesn't happen often in wrestling. Doesn't happen often, but people were quite intrigued by this. I, I guess just, uh, some love for Serpentico. I think just because it was a bit like... What the fuck? Like, basically, people just like, this doesn't happen very often. You've got so many wrestlers, What's but you've got some on? guys wrestling twice. Well, that, that was a lot of jokes. It was basically going, you've got all these wrestlers and you're using the same one twice. <laughs> Tony Khan in the mud. And that, that, that was some of the comments, basically. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, another one was everyone's favorite faction, the factory disbanded. Uh, do you know what? When uh, I don't know whether you're the same as me, Jack, and I saw the factory disappear and I went, oh no, please stop, come back. Uh, was never a fan of the factory, but what has emerged from it, from the wake of the end of the factory? I think is fucking worse. <laughs> How they made it worse, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Q QT Marshall would be clipping this and calling us out. I love QT Marshall. I love QT Marshall. Yeah. QT Marshall's great. You've interviewed him. I have, and he's lovely and an extent. A, a strong wrestling talent. Oh, my God. If I was getting into the wrestling world, I'd want to go to the Nightmare Factory. I'd want to hang out with QT. I'd want to drink from the fountain of QT Marshall. But I'm sorry, QTV is shit. It's not very good. But then the argument is, 
Is that the point? And they're doing, they are doing something different. And it's different. I mean, whether it's. But Bray Wyatt's doing something different. And as mentioned earlier, we think it's shit. So what you're saying is QT Marshall could do an elbow drop off the stage. Yeah. If QT Marshall goes, ho, 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 and puts his bit mask on and then does an elbow drop to Wardlow, yeah. Crap. I will say this for the factory, though. I do like Nick Camarato. And I hope oh, that, yes. I, he's got a lovely chest. I, hope, <laughs> I, I do hope that they do, they do something with him because obviously Aaron Solo has joined QTV. I think the thing with QTV more is the fact that they're using this as a thing for uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. It's like, oh, just let Powerhouse I, Hobbs I just, be Hobbs. Yeah, I didn't think Power like Powerhouse Hobbs had team tasks for that. He, he didn't need a new manager. Just let just let Hobbs be an absolute badass. Yeah. Just have him absolutely steamroll people. Yeah, go grr. Clotheslines them, pounds his chest, goes rah, power bombs them, does his finisher. We all have a lovely time. He doesn't need a QT Marshall going, hey, check out TMZ next week. <laughs> just, just, yeah, but put him against Wardlow. Give us a Hoss fight. Put him against another Hoss. I just want Hoss fights. Give me Hobbs, Wardlow, Samoa Joe, and Brody King in a four man fight to the death. Oh, just could, big boys throwing bombs. Because you couldn't even do that with the TNT title. I mean, at the minute, weirdly, you've got Orange Cassidy is sort of establishing the, the international title. So it's like almost like I'm talking too fast. Almost like the work rate title. Yes. At the minute, where he's having like every week, he's having a banger, basically. Um, the TNT title. Just have big boys hit each other. Big, yeah. big meaty boys slapping meat. You remember yeah. when Progress? Um, well, they, they, I say remember they've brought it back recently. The Atlas title. Yeah, Big Damo had it. Yeah, the idea it. that it's just a heavyweight division title. Yeah. yeah, and you get the beefy boys in amongst it as well. Yeah, what's a great um, beefy boy match? I think you'll like. I'll find you the link for it from uh, British Wrestling Revolution. It's Luke Jacobs versus Will Cruz. Oh, there we go. And oh my God, they go 100 miles an hour and they kick the fuck out of each other. It's, it's great. great. Everyone loves it. What was one of the matches of the last year? Seamus versus Gunther. Because everyone just went, let them fight. Yep, <laughs> let them fight. Big lads, having a fight. Happy days. I like it. Uh, one more thing on the QTV thing. Uh, lots of love for, for, for Nick as well, who's come through. Uh, the majority of the comments I see are people... Uh, simping and falling for that Australian lass who sits with them Harley Cameron Harley Cameron yes. yeah there's yeah. a lot of love for well, her Tony Schiavone um, did oddly say it's like oh, she's going to be a star and she, and she is wrestling I think she's like doing bits on dark every now and then alongside the QTV stuff she's very charismatic yes there's a lot of charisma coming through there so there's some bits in there but it's oh, I'm not a fan of it yeah. not a fan of it uh, what else are people clicking on this month twats yeah. Right, so he was, he was. You know who you are. So, I mean, we've had bits of this in the past. Where in basically last summer, uh, Warner Bros. Discovery were basically going, "Can you tone down the swearing and profanity sort of stuff?" And it all just sort of bubbled along, just like da da da. da. And then Saria turns up on TV. She's doing the whole NWO stick right now, basically, um, where she turns up and basically calls everyone in attendance twats which I don't think twat like probably in America it's more oh you you twat you're a twat while we have twats which is the yeah it's a common British it's the, it's British the best swear. it's my favourite personal yeah. favourite swear word but and but it, it comes out afterwards that Surya actually got fined for saying twats on TV wow um, there yeah. seems to be a culture in America of like twat and the uh, the, the hard C that the scene more is kind of like Attacks on women, whereas over here it's just kind of it's just, just a, word, a general. It? Yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's a descriptive term. It's an adjective. It's a pronoun. It's a verb. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, over here it's if you're a twat, you're a bit of an idiot. It can be part of the anatomy. If I was to bang my head on this table, it'd say, "Oh, just twatted me head." You can <laughs> act twatish. Yeah, you can, you can act, act twat- like a twat. 
you can have a twat of a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it, it just, you, yeah, it's another term for being drunk. I'm twatting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But what you also had as well is um, it's come out from Dave Meltzer that AW is like, can you please, can we please stop saying shit, guys? There's too much <laughs> people. There's too many people saying shit on TV. One of us like stop them saying shit all the time. And of course, next week, I'm obviously going. Oh my god, I feel absolutely shit after all that match. I bleed it again. That's <laughs> what you said about last summer. Can we turn down the swearing? And then you had John Moxley saying, fuck that guy. <laughs> you had Ace Steel uh, dropping an F-bomb. He did yeah. get fined in fairness. MJF calling Tony Khan a fucking bar. <laughs> <laughs> but not even like Dan- Danielson, amazingly, ahead of the Revolution match, goes, um, you're going to get your fucking head kicked. And you're like, yes, yes, Danielson. <laughs> Kick him, yes. So yeah, I, all that I, sort of stuff. I loved it. I do like a bit of swearing in, in Morass then, because I am known to swear like a... A sailor, um, but I do think it is definitely less is more. Yeah, like I'll never forget the first time I had um, an f bomb dropped in ECW when I was like ten years old. You were like, "Oh, you naughty boy!" Yeah, Taz just saying, "Let let, let me fight this big motherfucker." I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah. <laughs> when yeah, less is more. It yeah. stands out more when you do it when you don't do it very often. If it's every other word, it loses its. Uh... <laughs> Rick Ross, the Keithley. Oh God, yeah. You're a big motherfucker. <laughs> 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 Yeah. And Keith is just like, yep, he's, yep. We please stop swearing, guys. <laughs> fuck! <laughs> so you're not allowed to say twat in AEW? Yeah, can't say twat, can't say fuck, can't say shit, can't say C-word. Can you kill a man? Um, right, oh, well, not in AEW. Right. But Progress Wrestling, they're well up for murder. Ah, I love a bit of murder to Progress. So, this I mean, was brilliant. I mean... Fraser Porter interviewed um, the person who ran the show, Gene Money, but essentially, basically before the show, to do a promo. But at Gene Money's Daft Lad Emporium, promoted in conjunction with Progress Wrestling, um, Callum Newman was in the opening match. It was Leon Slater and Jack Bandicoot. Yeah, Jack Bandicoot. Yeah, they were in Boy a freeway. Lovely, them flipping about. Jack Bandicoot's all. great. Yeah, Leon Slater as well. That kid's Leon, oh, and Le- yeah. obviously, with the goes without saying, Leon Slater is... A an international star. Yeah. He did Desert Island Raps recently. Lovely guy, Leon Slater. Um, I think he did. Uh, he's done stuff for GCW. Yes, uh, he's got more American dates booked in this year. Enjoy him in the UK while we got him. I know that we've got him for very long. But yeah, so Callum Newman wins that match. He's heading up the ramp, tail little toddler waving at the crowd. Next thing we know, there's a there's a there's a gunshot, and he's bleeding. He's got fake blood everywhere, <laughs> just holding it in his hands, and he collapses. And then as we go through the show, basically afterwards, Cal- they don't move Callum Newman. Like the the wrestlers come out, they just go, there's just a, just a corpse there. <laughs> and, then, and then eventually he gets covered and he gets taken away. But this basically sets up a whole murder mystery thing throughout the night of who shot Callum Newman. Um, Gene Money shot later in the show, but he's fine. He just has, has a sore arm. Um, and then Kid Lagos 2 has a mask versus mask match with um, what was advertised as Rey Mysterio. And it came out as Mad Like Doris in a Rey Mysterio. <laughs> <match>. <laughs> um, but um, Kid Lagos 2 loses and then gets beheaded. There's just a literal. He lost his mask? And then there's a, literally a decapitation on this show where it cuts to, a, like, essentially just his head on the floor that he rolls out when the lights go out. Yeah, just absolutely bongus. Um, T- TK Kubo was the detective. Um, 
to be honest, I don't know what his resolution was in the end. I don't know if he found the cult bit, but um, murder and decapitations on a wrestling show. G-Money's daft lad in G-Money's great as well. Oh, What's his gimmick? Ah, oh, he's a human dog. It's fantastic. <laughs> That's all it needs to be. But, do you know what the stupid thing is? Like, we put a graphic over this because it did really well. G-Money was very happy he was retweeting it. Um, somebody replied to us, just wrote clickbait. You're like... Did you generally think he'd been shot? The photo was him covered in fake blood. What's wrong with people yeah. that take everything so chuffing seriously? Yeah. And like we've said on this podcast in previous editions, get, the nature of the beast is, even though this wasn't clickbait, sometimes you do have to do a bit of clickbait because it, it does work. Mandy, as long Mandy, as you don't take Mandy, the piss. Yeah. Mm. As long as you're not being arseholes about it, but... You do have to do the occasional bit. We do. Nature of the beast. Uh, Gene Money's Daft Lad Emporium oh, is... Uh, I was going to say, this is the same month as well where Tyre Valkyrie was... Uh, oh, God, <laughs> killed. Impact. The, yes. They, they oh. kill everyone off, yeah. don't they? They did kill off Tyre Valkyrie. She, she, was, she was dragged into a casket. This was like a week after Sandra Fagan W, but, I mean, she's she's dead now. She's dead to Impact as Rest well. Rest in peace. Eric Young as well. I mean, he, has, he literally hasn't been seen. He got stabbed. Yeah. yeah. Remember he, when Mickey James got hit by a train? Yeah. Eddie Kingston ran over a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who was it who got shot oh. apparently, apparently the kid got given loads of merch afterwards and got to meet powerhouse hops <laughs> so Johnny Bravo got shot in 2020 at and his then, wedding wasn't it yes yeah. and th- this was uh, reading to Rosemary and this was then used to write off Tyre Valkyrie because she was revealed as the culprit and basically until she turned up again at Impact her NXT run was effectively her in prison yeah by in, in fact Impact storyline she was just in jail <laughs> oh, oh, who did Sue Young eat Oh Ali? God, uh, Kimberly! No, no, she. But I think she killed off Kimberly. She did. She did. Yeah, and Ali Brandy got Lauren. Killed. Ali got Brandy killed. Brandy Lauren was the most yeah. recent one. Yeah. Brandy Lauren got eaten by Sue Young. <laughs> wrestling, and then Sue Young disappeared. But <laughs> oh, it's more bollocks in wrestling. Yeah. All the more it's bollocks, a the better. Show. You can like your flippy stuff. I like my flippy stuff. You can like your big beefy boys smacking meat. You can like people getting beheaded in the ring. You can like, you know, chin locks for 45 minutes. It's a buffet. Have a bit of everything. Mm. There's no wrong way to do wrestling. It's brilliant. That's a great way to end the podcast. We've got one more story, though, But Tom. we can't end the podcast. <laughs> Talking to someone who definitely hasn't been to the buffet. <laughs> so, so speaking of bollocks... Um, I don't know, honestly, like... Speaking of bollocks! These things absolutely baffle me, but we do them every now and then because they just bring in so many clicks. People click them! Yeah. Thank you. Cameron Grimes reveals body transformation. And effectively, it's the same thing every time. The bloke has a six-pack. That's every single one. He's got lovely pecs. He's got a lovely six-pack. He's got a lovely head of hair. Yeah, people it, just love these articles. If you stay thirsty and if you keep clicking, we get paid. So as long as it everyone works, wins, everyone it works, wins. It works. Controversially, I don't think Cameron Grimes looks as interesting now. No, no, he, he looks really- quite generic now. But then it is a very uh, safe WWE.com profile esque, just face on, yeah. body on shot. It so was- it's hard to really read. Into that, it was much. better when he was like shit. My grits or whatever his catchphrase was. Kiss my grits, kiss my grits. Yeah, to the moon. He was kiss my grits, not shit my grits. I suppose he could shit. My was, there, was there issue that Vincent Mann didn't quite get the character, which is why we haven't don't seen him on the main you, roster yet? Don't say. No, <laughs> we went, well, he's a redneck and a millionaire. You can't be both. <laughs> that was what I'd heard. JBL he like, sweating in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> because part of the whole thing is that he's got an in shape ahead of. I mean, this main roster call has been talked about for about eight months now. Mm. He's written off at like October, November time. 
And the probably he's, he's going to be coming up, but they've just got nothing for him. I guess he might turn up on the Raw after Mania. I think he'd be quite a nice, a nice treat the Raw after Mania. Yeah, but just have yeah. him as the million dollar Cameron Grimes. Yeah, I mean, when when he first transformed into the the millionaire after apparently legit making loads on Doge Coin. Mm. At first, I didn't quite get the gimmick, but it grew on me. And as soon as I like kind of tapped into it, I was like, this is brilliant. It, mm. it was them skits where he's Ellie Knight's butler and all that sort of shit. Like, this is great. This. It, was, it was even the stuff before that where he was doing the Ted DiBiase thing. He's like, yeah. what would Ted DiBiase do? He's like, I'll give you $1,000 if you dribble a basketball 10 times. And he'd watch as they dribble it 10 times. He'd be like, oh, okay, here you go. <laughs> that damn Ted DiBiase. <laughs> And they even got Ted in, didn't they? And they did some yeah. stuff with Ted DBR. Where, where, where he was like bidding for a house and he was like, this house is only worth $2 million. So he's like, $5 million. And then Ted DiBiase would buy it for 10. He'd be like, I don't even want the house. Like, I <laughs> Ted uh, It was brilliant. Oh, uh, so I, I mean, if they bring him up with that energy, mm. I'm all for it. Yeah. Maybe, I like the idea of maybe having, you know, you have Dom beat Ray at Mania. Mm. And then he's like, I'm raw in his pomp, going, ah, I'm the best. Have Cameron Grimes come out? Surprise little challenge. Yeah. Cameron Grimes beats Dominic Mysterio. Yeah. There you go. Off to the races we go. Or Cameron Grimes pays Bronson Reed to demolish Dominic Mysterio. Oh! I don't know why I came up with that, but there we go. Well, that kind of plays into the whole idea that Bronson Reed is uh, muscle gone. for hire. Yeah. Yes. Oh, big mercenary boy. Yeah. Big boy. Big mercenary. Yeah, I paid myself big mercenary boy. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Howdy. Yeah, basically. (laughs) That's what it is. Bronson Reed's Uncle Howdy. It's not Bo Dallas. (laughs) It's Bronson Reed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's got the hat. He's got, well, he had a waistcoat instead of like a big pearly king's jacket. Yeah. Well, kiss my (laughs) grin. What a treat that would be. Uh, we've reached the point in the podcast where it's time to metaphorically elbow drop off the stage into oblivion and leave you. Uh, but I'd like to thank uh, my colleagues for joining me today. Anything that we want to shout about, plug about? So this is Friday. This is going out. It's Friday morning. WrestleMania weekend is upon us. I'll do all the plugs for Mania content in a second. Anything to keep an eye out, Aiden? Just keep reading cultaholic.com because it keeps me employed. There you go. That's as good a reason as any. Uh, Jack Atkins, you're working on anything? You're actually going to be here for the Mania weekend, aren't you? I'm going to be in You're working office. a Saturday. Yeah. Are you are you taking time back? Oh yeah. Let's just check it. Banking it, banking it. Yeah. Usually I work from home just because I work at, uh, badly, shyly. <laughs> Says the man who was just off for a month. <laughs> <laughs> Not having this. Not having this. I'm the hardest working man in showbiz, mate. I mean, I mean, you say he's been off for a month. He was literally in the sex dungeon, so we can't say anything. <laughs> that was only for two weeks. Only for two weeks. Okay. <laughs> True, actually, and that will age a man by five years. <laughs> um, I. I I live a bit of a commute away from the office. So yeah. to, to get home from the office, the costs of an Uber is actually greater than ordering pay-per-views. Yeah, so you're, you're, the one, yes. you're the one riding Larry here. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, like, say if I do the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. That might cost 15 quid. Yeah. Whereas an Uber from the office would be 17. So I just say, I'm doing it from home. And she's like, oh, yes. And, and it money. gets done. Yeah, it's the, the work gets done. The work happens. Yeah. The thing. But for WrestleMania, because everyone's going to be in and doing it, it's like, oh, let's, let's have a bit of a. Yeah. Coming for a over. party. But like Aiden said, just keep reading and clicking on cultaholic.com, listening to our podcast and entertaining our stupid whims and yeah. listening to our opinions, which there are opinions at the end of the day. If you don't agree with us on this, it's fine. Nine pitches for WrestleMania on the channel right now, as are your predictions for WrestleMania. Live reactions on Saturday and Sunday night with myself, Adam Pacitti, Fraser Porter, Andrew Hodkinson. We're all getting together for That's four two. years. We're mixing it up a little Jesus bit. Jesus Christ. I thought, we were, I thought Fraser was of us next I, Yeah, I thought we were getting a He's lovely He's doing one night with you and one night with us. Ah, okay. Because so we're, we're planning to get a McDonald's in. Oh, no, no. He's doing one night with you. Don't you worry. Well, you've you've no. got him for an evening. Don't you worry. Then we'll okay. have him back. Uh, WTF <laughs> moments and what happened at, on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, join us uh, for the fallout from WrestleMania all throughout next week. Uh, and all the latest wrestling news as it happens. Yes. At cultaholic.com. Till the next back together, he's at Aiden Gibbons, he's at Brad Atkins, I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we're at Cultaholic on Twitter, and you can read us at cultaholic.com. Stay safe, love you, fun. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 